You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everybody, to the PJ's cast. I am your host, Jimmy. Um, unable to be with us today is Pierce. Um, so today we have a couple of guests with us. Uh, Dylan, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm a Blackhawks fan, so I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> you I'm, can I'm, only be things so are going, good. right? Yeah, and uh, as well with us is a uh, good friend, Ben. Ben, how are you doing? I am doing well. All right, so both of you guys are <laughs> the first official double guests of the podcast, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Very special. You're well. You're both friends of the podcast, so obviously yeah. a very big uh, indictment. Um, but uh, today we're going to start off with uh, Shocker, the Blackhawks, and uh, we talked about it last week. Um, you know, playoff hopes and whatnot, and you kind of see what can change in a week because the first thing we said was, okay, well, the uh, the Stars are really the only team challenging the Hawks for this playoff spot. And uh, I'm going to pull up the standings just to be completely sure of what I'm talking about. But uh, fast forward a week from that, and uh, the Blue Jackets are two points behind the Blackhawks with the exact same amount of games played. So the one team that we specifically said is probably out of the race uh, probably has a better chance of making it than the Hawks right now. Um, I believe they're on a four. Is it a four-game skid? Is It probably is. They've uh, five of their last six. That's yes, they – yeah, yeah, they have. That's – I don't think that's good. So, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. Um, they're probably going to get cleansed by Tampa Bay tonight. That's my opinion. But, uh, yeah, not looking too good. Um, we kind of saw the wheels falling off a little bit since that. Uh, or, I mean, not really falling off, but you could kind of sense it. You know, this team's kind of been a bit smoke and mirrors with their goaltending and, uh, you know, the power play running things a bit. So, it wasn't something that uh, – it's not really something that's shocking, but – I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys think. Is this something? Uh, is this something that we can uh, assume will um, will continue to happen, or is this just a tough slump against teams like against you know two of the top teams in the entire league? Uh, I want to start with you, Dylan. What do you think? Oh well, I'm gonna just start by saying I am just gonna say I'm not 
I'm fine with them like starting to skid because they're stuck. Like we all looked at their schedule. February was going to be super easy for them. It always was going right. to be. They played Columbus and Detroit a bunch, and like and but like March, it's basically all the Florida teams and Dallas. And some and of the we kind of looked at that. We were like, okay, they're not going to win many of these games, but they got to at least show up. And yeah. the problem is, I don't, I don't think they've necessarily played bad lately. Mm-hmm. It's just they're getting into this habit right now. Where, where they get a multi-goal lead, it's been dating back to February. Like, I think they've won seven of their last nine multi-goal leads. Well, I think I saw a stat like that. So, hey, if it's not a stat, it's, with this it team, happens. They're just not able to close out a game once they get – and it's not even like – they don't even let it get to the third. Like, the, the Panthers game a couple nights ago on Monday, I think, they're up 3-1, yeah. and they blew that in, like, two minutes because they were taking dumb penalties. Yeah. And, well, like, Aaron I know is also Jesus, apparently, this but, year. You got to – there's got to be a way, like, the leader, the veterans in that locker room, Kane, Keith, like, even the coaching, they got to they gotta get, like, talk to these young guys, and they got to kind of instill that, like, fire in them that they got to play a full 60 minutes if they want to beat these teams. Because I don't think they get that yet. And it's going to take a while for them, too. But yeah. I guess that's just the growing pains of the young team. Yeah. So. I, was very, I, think, I think they are the youngest team in the entire league, so that definitely uh... – that definitely, yeah, that definitely adds to your point specifically. Okay, I've done my – that's my first – to add to your point, um, special <laughs> podcast. Literally literally every single podcast uh, says that. So we, we every episode we got to keep track of that. So I've got one on that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ben, what do you – I mean, do you have anything to add to that? Like, how do you um, see this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I kind of see it – like, see, this is like one or two things, and somehow neither of them were what uh, Dylan said, which, I mean, I completely agree with because I didn't even think about, you know, the toughness of the schedule in March because it was just, you know, Tampa, Florida, Dallas, Tampa, Florida, Tampa. And that's that's not easy when you're playing two of the top three teams, like basically every game for a month. And I think I think age and uh, experience is a factor with this because, uh, I mean, we have eight rookies on the team. And like, and we've seen this with Mitchell, like he's getting tired. And like, I think that could be a factor too, is, you know, these guys aren't used to the grind of a full NHL schedule, maybe like yeah. a full AHL schedule or a full, you know, like they're not CHL used to schedule or something, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're they just, great yet. They're, they're just getting tired. I, I think yeah. that I mean, with the rookie and cause I mean, the rookies were significant contributors throughout like, you know, late January and February and hundred percent. You know, yeah. And I think the thing is to um, I actually forgot what my other point was, but it is, she's I mean, I, I think or, OK, I, remember, like, I think it could just be like to it, it could just be a skin. And that's, that's something that they'll get out of. I mean, and granted, yeah. you know, it is just a skit. It's most likely due to what Dylan said, that they're playing, you know, two of the top three teams basically every game for a month. Yeah. 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 It, it takes a toll. Two and, uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, yeah. Specify that and to really like emphasize that the top two teams in the division and two of the top four teams in the NHL, they have two of the top four teams in the NHL just in their division waiting. No, they have three because Carolina's yeah, in there too. Oh, Carolina, literally two. Yeah, who we play next, five. by the way, Monday. <laughs> Schedule doesn't get any easier, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, they April play on. Oh, it's worse than you think. It's worse than you think. Tampa Bay, they play Tampa Bay tonight. They play Florida twice next week, and they play Carolina twice the week after. It's going to be a cleansing. No, but I don't no, also think about that. So if they, if they have this, like, tough of a schedule in March, yes. think about it. They still have to play Dallas 
four times at home. They have to play Nashville six times. That's ten games right there. Still have to play Detroit two win, more times. Still have to play Columbus two more times. Like those are all winnable games too. Yeah. Teams out of the way right now. So their last like three three or four weeks of the year, they're gonna have a real good shot at this. Because mm-hmm. I their last four games are like Carolina and Dallas two times each. That's, a that's very gonna interesting, uh, way to look tell at. all be. That's a like, very interesting view on that. Yeah, because they are these are very very in, elite teams in this division. Like you look at look at the goal differential. Um, the kind of just the way to look at. But no, I know I don't I don't really stress on that. But this is inter- interesting. How no, I mean, um, like it's like ridiculous numbers, not stupid. oh yeah, yeah no. Yeah, yeah, but goal no. differential like, is something I don't really like, uh, like stress video on. Game numbers. It's you have the Hawks are 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 going from the bottom. Um, Detroit. Nine, negative 30, you know, not really a surprise on, uh, yeah, well, surprisingly, then you go to Dallas, um, if, like going from the bottom rankings of the teams, Dallas has a plus three, they've played five less games, you know, than like the Hawks and most teams around them, not really a shocker, you know, um, that might go up, might go down, we don't know, uh, Nashville is a minus 25, Columbus a minus 18, the Hawks a minus eight, then you go from minus eight, a 32 spot jump to Plus twenty four for Carolina, plus seventeen for Florida, plus thirty seven for Tampa Bay. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is and, incredibly ridiculous. And yeah. the thing that people always forget is Carolina still doesn't have Mrazek back, so they're doing this with like Reimer as their starter, uh, and it's just like, well, Nadelkovich isn't very good. Car- Carolina is the team that scares me the most. Like Tampa's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like if we oh, yeah. face Tampa in round one, we're gonna get waxed in four. I there's not a doubt in my mind. But, oh my gosh, the way that Carolina team plays and the way they can shut you down, and if they want to, they can just outscore you because they've shown yeah. it before. Like, they've shown the fact that they can probably put 50 shots on a goalie if they wanted to. They can do the goal thing very well. And they're banged up, too. I'm pretty sure they don't have Trocheck right now. So I can't. I, know, just, I, can, I can check that. This but, division um, is crazy. Like, everyone like wants to talk about, like, the North and the, and the West and stuff, but... Dude, yeah. this central division's like a different kind of crazy. There's like two yeah. tiers, and like one tier is just like three teams cla- clashing it out, like Clash of the Titans. Yeah. And then you got three mediocre teams <laughs> fighting for that last spot. Mm-hmm. And they feast on these teams. That's why they're that's why they're so damn high too. Like the, these oh, teams God. are not they're nothing close to that. Um, There's definitely a, a gap. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. And to add to, uh, you said you're scared of Carolina. Um, Nadelkovich has looked very good. You know, young goalie. He's <laughs> like, actually looking good. Like you mentioned Reimer, but that's the thing. Nadelkovich is finally finding his feet right as this team is like kind of entering their cusp. I know, no, Teravinen. I think Tavo Teravinen is out. Like <laughs> a decent player for that team. Done. They got like Jordan Stahl's having like a renaissance yeah. year right now. I know. Yes. <laughs> Like, Big Bean is hitting the scene like everyone expected him to. Like, yeah, he's. I think he's Selkie candidate at this point. I think he's up there. So that's yeah. That team is uh, that team is just yeah. all right. I'm gonna check their injuries just to. <sighs> oh man, uh, Tavo Teravine and Peter Morazic, Vincent Trocheck. Well, Jake Gardner isn't necessarily. He, he was put on waivers. He hasn't been much to the team, but it. Just kind of adds to it, yeah. How how banged up this team is, um, but Morazic yeah. and Trocek are day to day. I didn't know Morazic was close to coming back, but good for them. Wait, Trocek's day to day? I thought he was out like a couple months. Uh, apparently that's, not. That's news to me. Yeah, Tavo is day to day or injured reserve. He's not LTIR, so that's 
you know, that's that's really good for them. I mean, geez, you lose yeah. for the year, that probably does hurt a playoff run. But <laughs> like you said, with the way this team just kind of keeps pulling it off, maybe they wouldn't. And that's, but, uh, that's credit to Brendan Moore, too. Brendan Moore's a hell of a coach. No, if they don't I, pay him. Someone's going to pick him up immediately this offseason. Oh, my God. Hey, well, you know, you know. Um, if if they weren't in love with Carlton, and I love I love Jeremy Carlton, but man, like if, if this team it's transitions lovely. to you know when they when they hopefully transition to being a contender or at least a deep playoff run contender, I mean, I love Carlton unless he makes that jump. The first guy I'm taking is Robert Endemore right now. Barry Trotz is untouchable, so you know, yeah. <laughs> he's he's never. I don't think he's ever going to leave the Islanders. He, he's yeah. old. He does well, and Lou Lamorello loves both of those things. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. I There's also, you... if I could go back to with the Hawks and like yeah. kind of like their skid lately. Um, I know Wally brought it up in our group chat a while back that Lankinen yes. isn't the best on the penalty kill, and yes. I I I noticed it like very specifically the last month, and it could be just they're playing better power plays. That's always the case, but. Yeah. They play this super laid back style on the kill to where they just kind of shield around Lankinen and they don't give him any Collapse. eyesight on any shot. And for someone who for like they have to be watching the film and realize that this guy, if you give him the side of the puck, he's going to usually stop it. Yeah. And you'll watch some of these power play goals that go in. There's going to be like four guys around him every time. And you'll yeah. have guys like Murphy and Zadorov out there and they can't clear the front of the net. And then yeah. the forwards are just kind of like. They're not they're not being aggressive up high. They're just staying low, and they just kind of turtle around Lincoln. And I just that strategy is very much cl- um, proving to not work right now because their penalty yeah. kill is like seventy percent lately. It's not the best, but so that's that's also a big reason why they're losing games lately. They're giving up bad power play goals at wrong at very inopportune times. Yeah, Ben, how, how have you seen that, Ben? I'm curious, like because I I completely agree on that. Like you like Gustav Forsling scores. You like Gustav Forsling score a goal um, because of how badly you screen this goalie. Yeah. So Ben, like, what do you have to add to that? I know you've, uh, I know you're a fan of Lincoln as well, but yeah, what do you see in his game? What gaps do you see? So I mean, the one thing that I feel like I'm definitely not a goaltending expert by any means, but one thing that I like kind of noticed, and I don't know if it's correct, is that like he seems to be very, he seems to play very deep in his crease. And I true. think, like, especially on the power play, when, you know, when you're getting shots, like, from the outside, if you give them more to look at inside the net and you're farther back in, then they're going to be able to, you know, pick their corners and spots more easily, which, I mean, like, I don't think that's, you know, the whole story, because obviously, you know, like, our abilities on the penalty kill, like, the guys in front of him plays a huge role in that. But, I mean, if they are able to get the shots through because of a bad penalty kill, then... If, and if the guys are able to pick their spots, then they'll be more likely to go in, which I think could, you know, be also contributing to our struggles on a penalty kill. Yeah. Then you saw that with, um, what was it, the Akblad goal. I mean, he's, he's be- I believe he's below the hash marks. He's not, you know, he's not right in front. He just picks his spot. And I believe Lincoln had that had that shot seen. If not, it's just another example of, yeah, them not being able to clear the crease, which it's a bit frustrating when two of your, your two biggest defensemen can't, clear the front of the net. I think Murphy's, you know, he's solid at boxing out, but Manzadorov, you, you want to see more of that happening. It, you want, you like, want to see the big guy doing his job as being big and using his bigness. You yeah, know? exactly. And, like, yeah. I know, like, I, I give Collison credit because he's been starting he's starting to test out the kids on the penalty kill. So, like, sure. I'll give him credit where credit's due. Like, he's trying out new stuff. Like, Hagel should definitely be on the penalty kill 100%. I love that. But, mm-hmm. like, 
I, I just look at it sometimes and like like I'm not gonna like harp on Carl Soderberg because he's he's yeah. here on a one year deal. He's here specifically because our centers all got hurt and he's been fine. Like I'm not gonna harp on his game or anything. But the way they deploy him on the penalty kill and they deploy him with Carpenter, it's like it's almost like they're they don't do much. And then also I I've kind of realized this too. I don't know if you guys realize it on the kill. When they get the puck, they're looking to drop pass it to the defenseman to clear it. They don't look to clear the mm-hmm. puck immediately. Mm-hmm. And like my dad and I think that that's kind of like a sign of skill of the player in a way because like guys like Taves and Doc they can do it seamlessly, but you know. Yeah. David yeah. a guy like David Camp it might take him a second, but like yeah. part of me thinks like this whole idea of going backwards to go forwards thing on the penalty kill just makes no sense to me. Cause then yeah. you just get hard behind yeah. the net most of the time. Cause I mean, I think the only real reason you should, you know, put the puck back towards like your D on the penalty kills, you know, if you're like out, if you're like in the neutral zone or like your offensive zone and you know, you get, you get the big square and you're just trying to play keep away at that point. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I mean, like, I guess in a grind, like, if you have, you know, like, the uh, the poise to, like, be like, okay, like, the D is right on me. I have the puck. And, like, I look back and I see, like, okay, my defenseman has a lot of space and there's not really a lot of guys, you know, around him. So I could get it back to him and he could get it out. But, like, that's, like, somewhat a very specific situation. But even then, I don't think you should 100% just default to throwing it back to the defenseman. Like, just try to, you know, even battle with the yeah. With the, defenseman from the other team to try and just get it out of the zone just even just even like a like a millimeter past the blue line because yeah. they, they got to regroup and start over and then knocks That's off like, another 15 seconds of the penalty kill 100 percent. yeah yeah honestly i would i'd rather take my chances battling a defenseman than throwing mm-hmm. the puck back to the half wall with an open steven stamkos or jonathan huberto just exactly. just my opinion 100 uh, yeah completely agree just my two cents um but that's actually a very good transition into something you want to talk about, Dylan. Uh, throwing the puck back. Um, well, you oh. talk about on one special team. Let's talk about on the other. Well, we've seen this for a while. We got we, a good special team, with, uh, but it, it, our power play is extremely good this year. I will give Jeremy Collins credit. I don't know if that's him or if that's one of the assistant coaches, but they are finding seams where they weren't finding seams last year. And I will give them yeah. 100% credit for that. But the problem, I have one problem with their power play. Their second unit is amazing, which is probably the biggest surprise. But their top unit, but it goes to your since point here. Strom went down, they put Carpenter and Soderberg out there. And <laughs> I, or Soderberg's fine because he, he's actually been a perfect net front presence. He basically did what the Nisimov did a couple years ago. He just well, parks in front he, of the That's what he does. Look yeah, at Arizona. No, that's that's exactly what he does. Yeah. Ryan <laughs> Carpenter should not be in the bumper on the power play. And now he really shouldn't be because they took Pia Suter or Pia Suter off the second power play when Strom came back. So Suter's not on any power play unit right now, which I think Ooh. is ridiculous. That, yeah. And when Doc comes back, they really have no excuse because he's going to be. Well, I'm not trying to go that far back, but yeah. I just feel like because like especially with that first unit, I know they're out there to win the faceoff because like you got to win the opening draw. But if they lose that draw, it's going to take them 45 seconds to get in the zone. Just because of the mm-hmm. way they have their zone entries. And it's like, it, it, Boquist gets the puck. You know he's going to drop it to DeBrinkett or Kane. And then everyone's in the neutral zone. And then nothing happens usually. And then they got to regroup. Or they try to no-look it. And then one of the uh, penalty killers reads it. Because it's the most obvious thing. Because they've been doing it for the last three years. Like, I was telling Jimmy this before the podcast started. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Hawks have could have easily given up like eight shorthanded goals the last month. Because they just no-look the pass. And then yes. everyone knows it's coming. 
and all you got to do is just rush Boquist or Debrinket, and they're going to turn it over. Or Kane. Many, Kane, Kane had an awful turnover on a no-look pass last game. And like, it's, it's, you put the forward, it's it's sort of similar to the suicide pass, but we're not, we're not talking about a hit here. We're talking about, you know, a, an ugly turnover that leads to a breakaway on your power play. Um, is that you're putting, yeah, you're throwing the forward into an awful position, and when it's a no-look, you can tell, like you said, it's no-look. You're talking about situations where the forward isn't ready for it. You're also talking about situations where the forward could be ready, but, you know, a Boatfist, uh, the Carpenter, or Soderberg, whoever's up there with them, is throwing it without knowing what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. or not knowing enough of what's going on. And, yeah, it, it's clearly not working. It's very frustrating when you're talking about – um you're talking about guys like Kane, Debrink, and guys who are, and at least Kane's one of the best entry players, one of the best zone entry players in the entire league. And 100%. you're putting him, you're putting yeah. him in the worst position. You can have the guy, you know, rush up the ice and you know take his time and dissect this stuff. I, I'd prefer that. I would, I would think that that would work better than giving this guy two seconds, giving him more of a split second right at the blue line, especially when these teams. They, they're not dumb. They watch tape. They see that this team does this every entry. They've been doing it since the Quinville days. This isn't the yeah. new thing. I remember seeing. Uh, I remember uh, watching a preseason game for the 2018-19 season, playing the Red Wings and the Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings. It was uh, that seven-six game where Cam Ward got absolutely uh, torn apart in his first uh, mm-hmm. his first time in a Blackhawks uniform, <laughs> and. I remember seeing someone tweet, they're like, how many times are they going to do this push it back entry? Every team knows how to do this. And if you're, if they're as good as they are when they're actually in the zone, when they're like literally in the offensive zone, imagine what this team could do if they could actually get into the offensive zone and set up. How many times have they had this, they had this unit, this first unit out there and they can't even get zone time. It's and, at least twice a game when yeah. on the power play. Yeah. And then, uh, Ben, I want to hear what you think about this. And uh, Dylan brought this up to me. I want to hear what you think about this. Is that second unit? That second unit? They don't. They don't rush in like that. They they do a very general controlled entry, and they've been in, incredibly good. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they got like Yanmark yeah. coming up the wing with speed. He usually just takes it all the way behind the net. You got yeah. Kubalik who comes in with control and sets up with Keith, and then Keith sometimes will just dump it in. All those work better than what they're trying to do, and it's just yeah. With less, with players who, you know, and not to knock them, this is how they're good entry players, and this is to emphasize how good the players in the first, you know, first, uh, the first mm-hmm. unit are. They're better entry players than them, and they're being wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's incredible. Yeah. So, uh, I'm curious. I mean, um, Ben, I'm not sure. Do you have anything to add to that? You know, uh, I mean, anything you see that they could possibly do? In regards to like the first power play unit and like their their method of zone entry, like the whole point of dropping the puck back, uh, like in, for a zone entry and all that, like is to you know to create more space and to you know like kind of mess with the defensemen or the, the penalty killers because like you know they're like going back at this speed, but then it's like wait, now he's this far. It's all about you know messing up their gap control, and so but if you just constantly do it, then like. What's the it surprise? defeats the whole purpose because they know exactly what's coming, and like it's 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 definitely a tool that should be used because I love I like co- like coaching wise I love the idea of you know going back to create more space to go forward, but if you constantly do it then it it's meaningless, and yeah. when you have sure. guys oh, like yeah. Kane Bolquist to bring it and Doc when he comes back I mean if you have all four of those guys in the same power play unit you have four guys who are very good at zone entry in very different ways. And 
you just you just got to utilize that. You just got to utilize their straight ahead speed and skill in order to get into the zone, or just or just even like getting the puck in deep and utilizing like a guy like DeBrinkhead or like Kane's speed to like yeah. go into the zone and get with the puck, get a battle, like battle for like five ten seconds, you know, get, get it, it out to both at the point and then set and then set up the umbrella. Hey, one yeah. One and dot pucks in deep. Am I right? Yeah, pucks in deep. Pucks in deep, and then pucks on that. I will say one thing though, like they do it every once in a while because, like, especially Boquist, he started, he's starting to like say, like, all right, screw this backline pass. I'm just gonna make a couple moves and try to take it in myself. And I applaud him for that because no one else yeah. on the team seems to want to do that anymore. Debrinket used to do it all the time, but now it's just yeah, kind of like yeah. he and Kane just kind of lay back and let everyone else go in, which is fine, yeah. but. Because like if it like obviously if it works it's just going to give Debrink and Kane and Boquist all this space at the top. But like right. with the way it's been working the last month, you just see four guys sit on the blue line as the penalty killers. Because once they drop pass, they just back up, and then mm-hmm. you just have this clog of like six or seven guys on the blue line. And then Kane and Debrink might have a bunch of space, but then they mm-hmm. got to go through this wall of players, and it's like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just <clears throat> I'm just glad that their power plays like when they get the chances they're scoring. Yeah. Like if oh, you look yeah. at most of their goals on like the first or second unit, they're they're either right off the face off or they're just really quick passing plays. Mm-hmm. They usually don't work on the cycle, but I give them credit for that cuz Well, we saw we saw Yanmark they make, uh they make he the most of this game, right? Hmm? Yeah. We saw yeah, yeah, we saw Yanmark. Yeah, well, strong. actually I'm watching it right now uh, cuz I did not watch last game. The brink Yeah, no, it was really? a great pass by Cooper. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh my god. I love me yeah, some redirects to the side of the net. I just remember like the goal happened and I like I just like looked at my dad. I wasn't even happy. I was like, they gotta play for another fifty eight minutes. I'm not even getting my hopes <laughs> up. And then like it was like the w- one thing I didn't expect because like I love Lankinen, but those first two goals, like, uh they were tough. Yeah. But I he can have it, it's growing pains. Oh yeah. It's like that's one like I know um I know Ben you earlier you were talking about like uh mm-hmm. most of these rookies haven't played this long. Lankin yeah. especially, he has not yeah. had this big of a blow in his career. I'm surprised he's hanging in as long as he has. You know what? Like, and that's a that's a big thing. Um, yeah, it was a huge know, step. Yeah, Ben, you talked about you know like you know college seasons, you know junior seasons are a little bit closer to the NHL, but um, mm-hmm. you know the AHL. This isn't only an AHL season. This is probably the worst time to join the league as a rookie. This oh, is the this is training. the NHL, and it's the fastest most grueling schedule you'll ever have as an NHL player. I mean, it's a tight trial by fire, but man, like, yeah, like this is, you're never going to have this again. So, I mean, I maybe look at that as a positive, but my God, yeah. you're never going to have something like this again. So yeah, I, some, I, I think about, um, it'll be interesting to see what these players could do um, with a general full season. That isn't uh, a game every two seconds against the Tampa Bay lightning, or the, <laughs> the actually good Florida Panthers. Um, yeah. When you get to play all the, your competition at your level mm-hmm. is they're not there yet. And they, they might not ever get there, but they're definitely getting thrown to the wolves this year, playing the Stanley cup champions eight times a year. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to uh, kind of to transition. We talked about Yanmark, you know, uh, talking about the power play. Great transition into um, uh, what's going to happen. Most likely going to happen this year um, is Yanmark being a trade deadline piece. He's been ever since he you know, was signed with the Blackhawks. We assumed, and I would say safely assumed, that you know this is a guy basically on a tryout for another uh, you know another team, a contender. Um, and you know he's looked fantastic this year. This is a perfect time. I didn't realize he's at the 
exact half game mark of the amount of games he played last year. Uh, last year he played 62. He's played 31 this year. Last year, six goals. This year, 10 goals. Last year, 21 points. This year, 18 points, three points under his double, you know, three points under his full point. Uh, I can't talk to point you. Total. I can never talk. Yeah, point total. Yeah, that thing, that thing. You know, and it's it's something that me, I know a lot of us have talked about, we expected. You know, he's going from a Dallas team that basically says, sit in your zone, stick check, defensive, and you don't have to do anything on offense. You don't have to if you want to. That's cool. That's house money. But Yanmark was almost um, almost uh, solely a defensive forward there in Dallas. So, you know, teams, of course, will see the defensive game and whatnot. They'll see the difference. But um, you'll also see a lot of Lizard Brains GM go, okay, more goals, more scoring. I want that. Um, and who is more Lizard Brain than anybody? Lou Lamorello. And uh, Yanmark has been rumored to – I forget if he was rumored or if this was a trade – possibility that um mark lazarus or ben I, I, man I, I need to check that it was one of those two they were uh i forget it was one of them talking about this possibility and i forget if it was something that's rumored or if it's just an idea but either way it makes complete sense for a team like the new york islanders that need that if they want to get a, you know, a rental piece they don't have any cap space you need to move a guy like leo komarov who has one who has just this season on his contract and to find his uh I'm going to pull it up here. His, uh, By the way, it was Arthur Staple and Scott Arthur Powers Staple. who reported it. Gotcha. The two guys that I did not mention. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, i got to work on that. i got to work on that. But uh, let's see here. Leo Komarov. Yeah, $3 million left on his uh, – oh, yeah. oh, yes, two years. Okay, it's two years. So this would be even better for the Blackhawks, a team that can take on cap for another season. They have the ability to do that. They have – Stan Bowman himself has expressed that they're looking to take on a contract like that. So what better than to give a team with Barry Trotz as the head coach, a guy who can take a guy like Yanmark and just use him to his utmost potential defensively. And maybe you, you can put him with a guy like Barzell. Have Barzell throw some pucks in off him. Why not? And if you take a guy like Komarov, who has not just this year, but the next year, and you're trading a deadline piece, a rental, I mean – that's you could fetch a first round pick. You could fetch a first and a prospect. I mean, I don't know. What do you see? What do you see, Ben? What do you see as a possibility as a realistic return if you're trading Yanmark to uh, to the Islanders, but also taking a guy like Komarov back? I'm not sure because I mean, Yanmark. I think you could like Yanmark on his own. You could probably get like a, a good second for or something like, or maybe like a second and like a fourth and a fifth or fourth or a fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also something to consider, too, with the Islanders' situation is that Anders Lee is out for the year. And so he exactly. will not be long-term injury reserve, so they will now have all of that cap space mm-hmm. to hire someone as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, Matthias Janmark is only making, like, a million this year. Uh, it's like, like 2.2. 2. Yeah, 2.3, okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing yeah. huge. So yeah, I mean, no, definitely not. Like, if, yeah. you know... We wouldn't, you know, be giving the Islanders Yanmark and taking back Komarov. Like, that would, if anything, that could get us more. Like, maybe, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if the Islanders have their first this year. But I if, if so... For you. They if so, have... They I do. Think, I think getting the first would probably be, like, no pun intended, my first priority from, like, you know, a trade. Yeah, you know, first bang on the podcast. It's the most possible thing. You know, it's like, a, it's like a create your own prospect kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But if then maybe get like a like a lower tiered prospect, I I don't remember if the Islanders have any 
uh, goalie prospects beyond Sorokin. Uh, I think I think maybe Jakob Skar. Former or, Blackhawk, Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe try to pick someone like him up. I mean, like, well, I know we already have Lankanen and Camesso, and but yeah. I mean, it's never hurt to have more. enough good goalies in your system, because mm-hmm. especially yeah. they only accumulate value over time if they do become good, uh, or, or if not, maybe like a left-handed D prospect, like maybe you know the other Sebastian Aho, but. <laughs> That's along with the first, too. Okay, I want both. I want but, both. Come on now. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, maybe some top prospects off the top of my head. For I just guy. don't think they're going to – they're not going to part with, like, a Bodie Wild or anything. Oh, like, no. There's not a chance. I, I could, guys that are, like, big prospects are coming up mm-hmm. now. Like, Bellows yeah, like, and Nashstrom are on the team now. Exactly. Bellows, yeah. man, what a player. U.S. That, uh, USA WJC scoring. Back them, too, which is huge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's nice to see them finally have some young talent coming up, too, along with, like, besides Barzell, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Barzell making Josh Bailey an all-star, and then that's... Barzell that's, for Yanmark? Rumored? What? John Eklund uh, is reporting? I mean, they're both number 13, so, you know. Oh, man. Who is it? Oh, John Jekyll. I'm, I'm waiting for John Jekyll to uh, announce the Kiefer Bellows trade for... Kiefer Bellows for Debrinket. Gotta get that size there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, the only thing I'm going to say is, you know what, the, the Islanders might not want to part with any big prospect, sure, mm-hmm. but all I want, the only thing I want now that I've looked through their young players is, I want 24-year-old Bobo Carpenter. <laughs> I, if that is not one of the best names in the NHL, man, my God, Bobo Carpenter goes up there with uh, Miroslav Shatan, for sure. I can't think of it. I know there's a name out there, but this is, in this moment, this is my favorite hockey name. My favorite NHL name for sure. But yeah, no, I, you know what? You know what? No, no, I, I don't see that happening. In the back of my mind, I, you know who's been an interesting player for them? Maybe I'm remembering hmm. this wrong. Da, 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 da. Well, while you're doing that, I just wanted to add one thing about Yanmark. Um, we also have to take into like consideration, like not like from every, everything I keep hearing, everyone says this is going to be a quiet trade deadline because teams are afraid to mm-hmm. trade with each other and like mm-hmm. they don't know what like the quarantine and shit they're going to have to deal with. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like people are going to be a little more close to the chest with their assets this like trade deadline. Like we're not going to be seeing like. But like I say that, but then like I said that last year, and then Andy Green got two seconds, so I don't really know. But did he? <sighs> yep, Lou Lamorello. So I'm not gonna put it past him. And like honestly, I'm at what the point I tell where you, they get a second. What I tell you, Denmark, lizard brain, awesome. lizard brain, my man. But you could you also have to. You also have to take into account. I don't think Stan Bowman's gonna be as quick to move people as you think, because I already know yeah. he's on thin ice with that locker room. And if you take away one of their – as of right now, if you take away one of their top six forwards and this team could, like, by merit make the playoffs, you're going to kill yeah. that locker room, I think. Okay. And that's another thing you have to bring into account, which, like, obviously we're going to have people back, so we're going to have a tight roster mm-hmm. after that. But sure. Yanmark, as much as no one wants to admit it, he's been a big part of this team this year. Oh, and, yeah. like, death. I mean, if you get rid of a guy who's got 18 points <clears throat> and 10 goals, which is what I think he has, like you said. Yes, yes. That, yeah. Who's going to replace that? All the rookies yeah. are kind of in a little rut right now. So. Brandon Messenger, what are you talking about? 
For for me personally, I think someone who's more likely to be a trade deadline piece, especially if Doc comes back, is Carl Soderberg. Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, like I think because I mean he has like however many points, but like all of that has come in like the second half of like the games that he's played so far. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, like the first half, you know, like, like one point in ten games or something, and now he has like. Yeah, that you know, eight, or something, yeah, or something he's got like eight in his last that. twelve or something like that. He's been really yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think you he's know, been solid. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And I, I don't know how he's been doing on his draws, but I like I thought I like it like I think I remember this like seems not good on think that he's been doing like okay at least or at least above fifty percent, which is I guess all you can really mm-hmm. ask for to win well, more draws. Let me help you and, on that one. Let me look that up for you. And I mean, I think that's an asset that a lot of teams would want or use. Like, like, I mean, granted, I don't know, you know, at that point of the season, like if Edmonton, if like, I'm thinking a team like Edmonton would want a center like that. Cause I know they have Kyle Turris, the number three center, but I mean, just have some insurance down the middle for a team like that. I mean, you go, you go McDavid, Dreisaitl, Turris, uh, that's good center. Absolutely. And that's, and that gives you a much better fighting chance to get teams like Toronto and Winnipeg. Oh, um, 100%. The only thing I would say with Ed- Edmonton is um, if they want to make a trade with a Canadian team, it's going to have to be sooner than later because, like, they yeah, have to do a full quarantine exactly, if they go exactly. Yeah. And then that might actually – the thing if they're going to trade with the Canadian team is interesting because, mm-hmm. like, the quarantine could either lower the price or it could, like, increase the price of the prospect because if they want to mm-hmm. get a deal done earlier, you're going to have to pay more. Mm-hmm. But I think, if okay with I think that increases the value for sure. Mm-hmm. I have a couple things um, you guys have talked about here that make this interesting. Kyle Turris, 21 games, one goal, three assists. I don't think you're in love He's... with that player, and I think you're absolutely looking to upgrade. Carl Soderberg, um, well, let me look at his full game log. Let's cut out – well, you mentioned uh, – Not the first 10 games. All you gotta do. Took out the first ten games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten games. The first ten games he had four points. Or you know what? Honestly, he's I think just looks solid all around. Oh no, I'm looking at it backwards. Fantastic. Nice. <laughs> Why does it go? It goes latest is the top. That's very yeah. interesting. But one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten games, one point. Ten games, one point. And the last 16, 11 points. Just he's he's about you know about 66 you know 0.66 points a game. Let's just you know average it around there. And he's been about the same. He's been almost the exact same as uh as uh, Kyle Turris in terms of faceoffs. He's been uh we have a four. He's been a 4.9 or 4.9. Jeez, I hope he's not a 4.9. Uh, he's been a 49% at the draw. Uh, Turris has been just under 49. Um, so. I mean, yeah, about the same in faceoffs, just under 50. That's fine. Um, I, I absolutely think that Edmonton would love a guy like that. I don't know have I don't know if I've uh, heard them in any trade rumors, but that's a fantastic fit. I'm glad you came up with that. I know yeah, I know Ben. I know Ben is. I've, I've this guy is harped on all. I mean, me and Pierce, Dylan, we all do. We all love Connor McDavid. But I don't think anybody wants to see Connor McDavid and Drysaddle in the playoffs more than Ben does. I don't think anyone wants to see him farther than he does. So, you know what, man? If you can, uh, it's, if you can it's bring true. Ben Holland's I mean, phone. 
Dude, all I got to say about McDavid is he's the Mike Trout of the NHL right now. He is the best player by a country mile, and he's not making the playoffs every year because his franchise sucks, and it pisses me off every year. (laughs) And no personality, too. But that's a a whole other topic. That's fine. He he could be a square. (laughs) If you play like that, you could could not talk for all I care. Yeah. I mean, if he can do – you know, skate up and down the ice with like ease, just go through everyone, and then just you know have have a like like a half a second breakaway on the goalie and do like thirty deeks. Like <laughs> he, he can, he can do whatever he wants. Like so good, just man. as long as you keep doing that. I'm gonna okay. Connor McDavid, his personality is how intensely he doesn't have a personality. Yeah, that that I, picture I with the old couple is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Oh <laughs> like, god, he looks, he looks like, it's like mom, come pick. It's like your profile picture, Jimmy. That's him. Mom, come pick me up. I'm pick me up. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and there's a. Uh, I think, I think my, my favorite thing was when Pete Blackburn slapped the NHL 20 logo on that picture. NHL <laughs> <laughs> 19. That was. That was my favorite thing. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that kind of personality describes, you know, basically everyone in the league, maybe besides, you know, like Brent Burns and like the Toronto Maple Leafs young players. But yeah, oh I God. mean, sorry. you you can also, hate the Maple Leafs all you want. Marner, Matthews, Nylander is some of the most personality you, you can see in any player in the NHL, which oh, of course yeah, is, no, Just which is like mm-hmm. vanilla in a football, in the NFL or the NBA, but I'm taking what I can, man. It's a step. It's a step. I mean, and Subban, like Subban just, you don't even have to mention him, like Subban. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Subban is just one of the top personalities of the league. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is, though, honestly. More valuable Subban I, right now. Nah, I think it's funny that Calvin DeHaan tweets more than he scores. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I mean, it's Again. not hard to do that when they score one goal a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah. No offense to Calvin DeHaan. Just, yeah. He's going to know, no, knowing DeHaan, and I love – it's funny because I love the guy. I took – I went twice around – I went twice around I that like line the at the Blackhawks like, convention <laughs> just so I could – Hey, oh, I, I, a, I'm like, crazy. dude, you're awesome. I'm glad you're here. Like, li- even just for your like presence as a person, I appreciate that. You're an awesome guy. Uh, I like the Han. Yeah. It was just I wanted them to sign the Han when they signed Brandon Manning and Chris Coonan. because that 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 made perfect sense at the time. Oh, the summer 2018, they should have signed him mm-hmm. to that same contract, and I would have been like, cool. Like you got your left-handed defenseman, which is what they Absolutely. needed. Absolutely. Instead of waiting okay. a year at the trading, if, but I mean, they got it for pennies on the dollar. So it's not if Calvin DeHaan finds my podcast and fucking just fucking roasts me on Twitter, I would thank him. Quite yeah. honestly, yeah, I'd probably I'm, roast I'm, back. Honestly, <laughs> uh, Calvin podcast. I mean, he's going to Vegas. Yeah. So that's fine. Address the room in Seattle. <laughs> oh, he yeah, no, he's honestly, I could see him going to either right now, but um. You know what? Oh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? You know what? Maybe I was going to say nothing because I need to stop talking. Right. But uh, I'm going to say something. And that is uh, I'm curious to see what you guys think about the Minnesota Wild. Oh, uh, can I just cut you off real quick? There's been a trade. Marcus or Johansson is going from Buffalo to Colorado for a six rounder. Don't know. That's the goalie, right? 
not Johansson. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, yes. that literally yeah, just happened. Chris Sorry, Marcus Johansson, the forward. Yeah, Hold yeah, up. no, he's on. He's on Minnesota now, right? Uh, oh, Jonas Johansson. Jonas Johansson, the goaltender. Yeah, Jonas Johansson. Yeah, going from the Avalanche. Why is Buffalo trading a goalie? Is Olmark back or something? Or is Francis going to be out? Oh no, no, no. We're very dumb people. Um, Avalanche acquire Jonas Johansson. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Maybe maybe they want to get uh, Uko Pekka Lukonen into some more games and get him some action because. Maybe. I think Possibly? probably their top boy prospect. Oh, yeah, 100. I agree, Ben. And the Avalanche need – is – what happened to – Is right Trans- now in Colorado? Miska. He's not. He's yeah. Not He's that, a hashtag that that's, a, I mean, that's, a, that's a trade that makes sense. What happened so, to I mean, you, want, you want to get a good goaltender, you look at Buffalo. Obviously. <laughs> Buffalo is just like, we're fire sailing now. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, you know what's like, funny is the Sabres are – we have decent goalies, but we are torturing them. Please get them out of their misery. Linus Olmark is so good right now that he is he has found a way to have good statistics on that that team. Olmark's gonna be the next Leonard. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna go to uh, the Islanders or something and go back up Sorokin in a few years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is man, this is probably like the second or third time that we've had breaking news in the middle of the podcast. So yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, oh no, this I got is awesome. Notifications on, so I just that's. Saw that. Dude, yeah. if you can interrupt me to give us breaking news in the middle of the podcast, please do. So, uh, yeah, Jonas Johansson, I, I, you know what? I've I've heard good things, but I don't know enough about him. Do you, Ben? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I've I, I can't say I have much of a, a, a out of the book on him. You know, I I I don't have much of a book on him. Like, most of my knowledge of gold prospects comes from you know, like just quick run through of elite prospect stats and where they were drafted. I know. I think he was like a second or a third round pick. I think I believe it was in 2016, but I mean, I don't. Oh wait, no, 2014, second round pick. Oh, it's round third, round, there, yeah. third round pick. First pick of the third I mean, round. He's played. He started 11 games and won one of them. So clearly, uh, that's so, promising. He, he had he had good numbers in Rochester last year. He was 14-4 uh, and three with the 228 goals against and the 921 save percentage. Yeah, I yeah, I was gonna say he would he would have to be so he's still young, but like getting to the yeah. point where it's like make or break. Like, yeah. is he gonna be a North American oh. guy or just to go back to Sweden and have a career? I mean, it is Buffalo, but he's o five and one in seven games. He's not. He is uh, not been good in Buffalo. So he's I, been very good in Rochester during their their downturn stretch of late. Because, I mean, they yeah. haven't won games since you know. Yeah, he might have just been coming in on that losing streak. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but hopefully I mean, he can, I, he'll be in a way better system in Colorado. So yeah, oh for sure. I, I think yeah. I think that a capable backup in Colorado like right now. Yeah. That's all you need him to be. Yeah, they get Grubauer's having a Vesna caliber season right now. So yeah, he has. <laughs> and then you got Gerard who's quietly having a Norris season. But yeah, you know. I mean Gerard's just like the most quiet defenseman in the NHL. It's like if Quinn, it's like Quinn Hughes, but no one pays attention to him. Exactly. They have like almost yeah. identical skill sets too. That's yeah. The they do. They're, yeah, literally just They're little like guy with short, tiny... fast, quick moving defenseman. And if anything, Sam. I like Gerard a tiny bit more because like he has that little spin move at the blue line. He can always pull it off, and it's That's been so great at creating space and getting closer to the net for a better shot. And it's <laughs> it's just like it's so sneaky in so many ways. It's just it's beautiful. I'd like to ask you both a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've asked this before. Very important question. 
Is Sam Gerrard 5'10"? I, I think he's uh, 4'11". No, no, no. He says he's 5'10". Is he 5'10"? Because Wait, that what? may be the biggest height lie I've... It's one of the biggest, like... It's like Johnny Gerrard with a 5'9". Sam Gerrard's like 5'4", like my man. No, he's that, not. He's taller than the brinket, buddy. No, he <laughs> is... He and you know what? Okay, <laughs> maybe it's the stick. He uses one of the shortest sticks in the NHL. Mm. It's the funniest thing. He uses like a junior size stick. I'm pretty sure. Like it's it's hilariously small. So this dude looks like he's five six every time he's in the ice, but he plays like he's six three. That could be it. It could be an illusion. Yeah, plays the right way. He's five five four when he's on the ice. He plays like he's six three. But yeah, definitely yeah. I, I like Sam Gerrard. Um, it's nice to see him. Nice to see him mm-hmm. playing well, getting some recognition because that's he's like Brian Campbell. He is a mini Brian Campbell. Can, I love uh, that. We just also point out that uh, that was another part of the Matt Duchesne trade. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like they got Gerrard, they got Byram, they got Bowers, they got who else did they get? They got someone else. Well, they got Commander. He was they got Bowers younger. out of that. Yeah, they got Shane Bowers. Um... That's, he just hasn't cracked the they, NHL yet. They, but they got a lot. He will. He will crack the NHL hard. They got two of their top four out of that trade. Like, it's insane. <laughs> I uh, cannot believe they – Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne, man. Holy. What a, Joe Sackick literally is – hurt right now? Literally is the Bruins game seven in 2013. Uh-huh. Matt Duchesne, yes, he is. He is. Unless like something changes. Everyone on the is banged up, except for Ekholm, and that's why he's like, get me out of here. <laughs> he's going to Philadelphia, and I'm convinced I'm convinced he's going to – I'm convinced that Ron – Who the fuck is – Chuck Fletcher? Um, yeah, Chuck Fletcher. Oh, yeah. He's not afraid to make a move, that's for sure. It's literally – oh, my God. Yeah, David, David Poyle and Chuck Fletcher is literally just like two brain David cells Poyle. trying to do something. David Poyle, like, I've, I, I've, ta- I've said I know uh, – I know a handful of wonderful Preds fans, but man, wonderful people to talk to, but they are in misery right now. Right it's, now. It's, I would be in misery too if my GM's one of his three untouchables was like 39 year old Pekka Rene. That would piss are me off. Are you serious? Not even no. kidding. One of the three untouchables right now that. with him. Oh, good God. It's like Yossi, Rene, and it's not even Forsberg. It's, I think it's Ellis. Like, those are the only untouchables right now in Nashville. If I'm, and then they're like, Pekka please take Rene. our million dollar centers. <laughs> yeah, right. If yeah, I'm Rene, I'm saying, please let me be touchable. I'd like to go have a cup. Yeah, I need like, to have oh, a cup. Stupid, you in Nashville. <laughs> like honestly, honestly, if I were Nashville, I wouldn't trade any of my defensemen. I would just focus on clearing out as many forwards as possible. Yeah, because like, like, like. Honestly, like, it's it's really hard to, like, personally, like, to know where Duchesne fits in the NHL. Like, I think he would have, like, he would have been way better off staying in Columbus than going to Colorado or going to Nashville. Honestly, That's yeah, he should have stayed in Columbus. Like, would Tortorella like, like him? That's a different question. They, like, because Nashville but has, like, theory, yeah. two incredible, like, top two centers that just are so bad being your top team's top two centers. And I think it's more the contracts than anything. Like having having Johansson is like good. Like that was good. That was a good. If, trade. if Johansson's contract's five million dollars, no one's talking about that. Let's just put exactly it yes. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's just what comes. That's what comes with the that's what comes with the big contract. Like 
You yeah. get paid, you got to perform. Like, I am mm-hmm. very surprised no one's giving Eric Carlson as much flack because I know his body's caught up to him, but yeah. that contract is going to be rough. Like, at least Dowdy's kind of bouncing mm-hmm. back this year a little. I mean, Dowdy's going to have that one or two years where he's good, and they're like, hey, maybe it's not so bad. Oh, sorry, Ben, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I think Carlson will bounce back. I think the Sharks are just a really bad team right now. Oh, yeah, man. And what what fucking just, sucks just, is that because they, they haven't had prospects since you know 2005. Yeah, they, they, they probably tr- since then. I'm so curious how many first round picks they've gotten rid of in the past. Like they hit on they well, they Tim, hit on Myers, and Meyer, but they they haven't. Yeah, what else have they like, done? <laughs> there's one. Oh no, you're right. Stuff oh was no! The water pick. It wasn't Ottawa's pick. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. Who their most recent first round pick is? It's Ryan Merkley. Definitely Ryan. Yeah, Merkley. I was gonna say Ryan Merkley in 2018. Yeah, but like after that, I don't like it. Maybe Timo Meyer was the last one after that, and that's yeah, like 20. I'm pretty sure it was. 2015. So that's 2016. Timo Meyer might be 2016. But hey, still. I'll I'll look it up for you guys. I got you. I got you. No, it couldn't be 2016 because that was when they made the cup. So it's probably like 2014, yeah, yeah. 2015. Yeah, uh, he was a 2015. He was drafted uh, eight picks after Connor McDavid. Oh, so he's in that stack draft class. Okay, yeah. Team, the fact that Timo Meyer's an afterthought in the 2015 draft class is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. Pavel, Pavel Zaka is finally like doing things. Yeah, good for he him, was, like, man. I, I really like Pavel Zaka. I'm pretty sure. I feel like he was a bit rushed, and he was also sort of a project kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I love that player. Love that player. Oh, that draft oh. class. Backtracking all the way. Ozzy Wiseblatt from this year. What'd you say, Ben? Oh, Wiseblatt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, San Jose yeah. had a first round pick last but year. I mean, they actually did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, before that, before that was Ryan Merkley in 2018. And then Josh Norris, who is now in Ottawa. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Uh, Josh Norris is looking good right now. Uh, Goldobin, who is in Melitor and Mag- Magneto, Magneto Goros. Um, He's in Magneto Land. Good for him. Mirko Muller, who is on the Devils and hasn't really panned out. Uh, Hurdle, like like the, the the last the last two you know first round picks from them over the past you know decade mm-hmm. have actually panned out. Have only been Hurdle and Meyer. And the rest are just kind of... Yeah, and that are actually playing for them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Norris looks good. Norris looks like he's a player. Yeah. Oh, fuck and yeah. I love Josh Norris. Back to 20, 2010, so you have hard. Charlie Coelho on there, too. A lot of them before. I think down there somewhere. Yeah, from... from yeah, they just... Not, not since I don't know, man. They really... Yeah. Here's the question. And we talked about this, Pierce and I. Uh, I think we talked about this. We talked about this in the podcast at some point. We talk about how bad the Seabrook contract is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we have a podcast named the San. Oh, we have a podcast, yeah, named the San Jose Seabrooks. An episode. This team has multiple Brent Seabrook contracts. What is Brent Burns making? Because it's not pretty. Burns, I, I can tell you that. I, I think Burns is the only one I wouldn't have a problem with. He's making eight for the next four, I think. And he's at he least producing. Really, he hasn't shown signs of slowing down. It's the Vlasic one that would be concerning. For yeah. Me. Vlasic's making seven for the next six, I think, or next five. It's six. So six. Yeah, after uh, this year, it's five. Six. Uh, yeah, Burns for the next but, five. And then Carlson. That's why I don't 
like, at 11 and a half for the next seven. And that's, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that contract. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, you know what? It's not like Carlson has not been the best defensively. Like, yeah. Like, especially with his ankle and everything, but he hasn't put up the, he's not putting up the numbers offensively to make like 10 points in 24 games. It's not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. Well, and it's not like, and and it would be fine if it was a normal defenseman, but it's Eric Carlson and you're getting paid to be the highest paid defenseman in the NHL. You would have at least be half a point of game. It sucks because it it just the greatest guy and he went through so much shit. And then now he's. The he albatross had part of a contract, bone, like shaved off his foot in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah, like, the dude's well, when he incredible. goes through, he and his wife, he and his wife, they have their, you know, the miscarriage, and it's like this guy went through hell and back, and then now he's the albatross contract. It's like I, he's not even the albatross contract. Ben had a point. It's the first year he could bounce back. It's just that's fair. Man, it's a rough start to that deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think the thing does. is. Oh, wait, Jimmy, you could go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying I hope he does, man. I was going to say the thing is, too, is the Sharks are going to have a really high pick this year. So they're probably going to get another really good young defenseman or a guy, you know, like Matty Veneers or William Eklund to add to the forward repertoire. And also, let's be real, they're going to be – they're most likely going to be really bad next year, too, which is going to be a really good year to be really bad because you have a three-headed monster, Shane Wright – Matt Lambert and uh, Matthew Savoy. Savoy. Yeah, Savoy. Brad, Lam- Brad Lambert, not Matt Lambert. Yeah. Brad uh, Lambert, I love. I love his game. I, I mean, like, if, if you get a top three pick in next year's draft, you are going to be getting a first overall quality type player. I mean, if, if, if we thought McDavid Eichel was a good one, too, it's, it's like if you had McDavid one, two, Eichel and Matthews in one draft class. Oh, yeah. It, like, the fact that we've been hearing about this draft class since 2018. Yeah, I should tell yes. you how good it is. Like they've been talking about all these guys since they were like fourteen. <laughs> exactly, and and, and deservedly so. Oh yeah, they're incredible. Like holy, yeah. I apologize, Shane I blinked something. out. We're talking about twenty twenty two, correct? Yes, yeah, twenty twenty two. Like oh, if the Hawks are gonna be, suck. Yeah. You better suck that year. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, like, I know that. It's like man, like ah oh, man, I know they're doing they're doing better now. I. Yeah, all I'm saying I is if they they're gonna be bad, <laughs> better be bad next year. Because Lincoln and Lincoln has to leave to tend to his farm for a year. Oh no! Patrick Kane has a skin disease. He will not return. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Not no. That's yeah. not that's not against Hosa. I know that was real. Honestly. Oh no. Yeah. That would be just no. like the, I think that would just be the cherry on top for the rest of the NHL to shit on the Blackhawks. No, you know <laughs> like, what? The amount of times the teams have given the Blackhawks shit for <laughs> for doing nothing. And doing what they have to do to take care of something that just happened to them. Mm-hmm. I hope the Hawks just, yeah. Yeah, man, just Robida Islanded for a year. For fuck's sake, I don't even care. Oh, dude, the fact <laughs> that mean, they're gonna Robida Island Seabrook for the next five years is hilarious. Who gives a shit? It's that's what LTIR is for. I know. Yeah, no, my favorite's when I see Leafs fans yeah. in the comments on Twitter talking about that. And I was like, Oh my god, you this? Thing? You know why they call it Robida <laughs> Island? Like, come on. <laughs> You guys literally but traded Leafs, back for Clarkson to get cap space. Like, stop it. <laughs> the best yeah. thing is Leafs fans going, what the fuck? You're putting him on Roby Dot Island. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you understand right. what you're saying? Oh, also, like, Tampa getting Gabrick and everyone just didn't even care. Like, that you're not going to talk funny. about that. that like, right. 
Dude, they mm-hmm. traded for Gabbard to get like five million cap space. Like it's like such a fun Dude, league. I'm getting right, that stimmy and I'm buying a lightning Gabbard jersey right away. Let's do it. <laughs> no, I need my I need my host at Datsuk and Pronger Arizona Coyotes jerseys. <laughs> oh no. I Man, I dude, would saw Keller, Hosa, and Datsuk on the same line. We were robbed. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, yeah, they come out of retirement. Like fucking WWE entrance. My God, that's yeah, Marion Hosa. Like that's just gives him retired. He just he's just doing a thing in Russia. Yeah, he wanted to raise his kids back in Russia. I don't I don't knock him for that. He wanted his kids. I, I can't. Dude, he could honestly make an NHL comeback. That's the best thing about this. He could, could play like a third. With bad an eye, I I promise you. I. <laughs> If if he were to, he I don't think he would do that Absolutely. until his current contract or his current NHL contract would be up because he he would just want to go right back to the Red Wings. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And he's like, and he's looking at the Red Wings right now, like I'll wait a few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like just just, just <laughs> let it let it marinate. Like, yeah, how would you get only... you know monsters next year? Then 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 will be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I have to see hockey. What is he doing right now? How is he doing in Russia? I have to check that hockey DB. I think well, he slowed down to at least once a month on Twitter. So, <laughs> he, thirty-five and fifty-one games. That's not bad. That's not. Yeah. You're still a guy who could. Still you could good. Still come to the league. And, he, and, he's, and he's forty-two, going on forty-three as well. Exactly. The year. The year he left, he had 49 points in 66 games. Like, that's not bad. I thought that he had, like, I thought he was more like a, like, you know, like a point three three point per game kind of guy. Uh, that was no. Netterberg uh, towards the end. He was close, he was, he was closer to a point per game than, than, like, not, well, that's a dumb thing to say. Closer oh, to it no. than half. Yeah. I guess technically you're always closer to a point per game than not if you have a point. Well, but, yeah. Well, I know what you mean. Like closer to like over like, like between half a point per game and a point per game than like between. Listen, you know, I need to ask the no stats point. major here on this. This is very important. But yeah, I man, I've I've thought about that on and off, and I'm like, you know what, man? Like that would just be fucking great to see, and I hope it happens. Wouldn't it be fucking amazing if the Red Wings, like you said, they they get the team together, they have a contender, and then Pavel Datsuk, again, just WWE entrance, just right over from Russia. I'm not done with this shit, guys. Let's go. We're getting one more for the hockey town, baby. Oh, man. It, I mean, yeah. I, I think everyone in the NHL would be here for that. I'd tell you that much. Yeah. Like, well, I say the truth. Oh, yeah, I dude. that. It'd be awesome. Well, I do say I, I refer to Detroit as hockey town, but we all know that Chicago is both the state of hockey and hockey town, so that can fuck <laughs> off. The state of Chicago <laughs> is the state of hockey. Dude, they not, you know they did perfect. that on purpose. <laughs> I would really like to think they did. I'd really like Dude, to think they did, Jimmy. Rahm Emanuel said it, so it's either him being a dick or it's just Rahm Emanuel being as fucking dumb as he is, so. Yeah. I'll I'll just leave that up to interpretation, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think um, speaking of another Russian, you know, or speaking of a Russian player, sick player that we all love, let's move on to another one, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. I think yeah. that he has done 
what no other player has done and has made people want to watch Minnesota Wild games. And <laughs> we've got him playing for them. We've got Capo uh, Capo Kapanen. Capo Kapanen. Uh, like I said in the uh, last podcast, probably my favorite player whose name starts with the pronunciation Capo. Capo. Um, <laughs> both players running for the Calder right now. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing Matt Zuccarello is actually playing up to his contract. This team is gelling. Their defense, solid. I mean, except for last game when they let up more than 20 shots in the first period against the Avalanche. But that's the well, Avalanche. Yeah. That, the Avalanche. Was the Avs, that was the Avs just proving that that's the Avs team everyone thought they were. Like, they do exactly. it, like, once every, like, five games where they're just like, we're going to be world beaters. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're literally like the Blackhawks from 2015. The, the exact team. Exactly like that. Um, but yeah, like you've got well, Jonas Brodin is Jonas Brodin. Oh, what's up? With Brennan's not included, but oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you know. Uh, anyways, any Jonas fucking way. <laughs> Never have got you me off the game now talking about sides. Yeah, no, my, you got in my head now. I can't do this. What? I can't host <laughs> this. I can't do this. <laughs> this is too much. I'm, I'm coming for your job, Jimmy. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was good. Yeah, they, uh, Dean Evanson should definitely win Coach of the Year. Now that I've like, now that I've been watching the Wild for a little while because I know we don't have our top three centers. That is the Wild's top three centers. Like, who do they have iced right now? And it's yeah. like Eric Sinek has basically taken a massive. St- Eric Sinek and Greenway, both of them took oh, huge yeah. steps this year, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah. The thing that makes it crazy for me to think about with the Wild is, like, the guy who was their best player last year, Kevin Fiala, he's having a down year right now. He had a very slow start to the season. Yeah. They're still just mm-hmm. picking up wins left and right. And Talbot's been really good, which is surprising. Well, I mean, I guess it's not surprising. He was good uh, last year in Calgary. But mm-hmm. he's been great to tandem with Kakanen. Yeah. So Kakanen he doesn't be solid, too many. Yeah. 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 yeah no. But um, I, I mean, they look like a playoff team to me right now. I would, I would, I wouldn't even be surprised if like, if they could find a way to get another center on their team before the playoffs. I could yeah. definitely see a world where we trade Soderberg to them. But like, yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna try to make this a nice smooth transition, but then there was a trade to announce. But and yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Soderberg would be a great fit with Minnesota, I think, because I mean, they're just a smorgasbord of European players right now, and Soderberg is a European player, so why not throw him in there? Like, I could totally see him oh, on a don't. third line with like Jordan Greenway, and I could see that working. Oh, like, that would that would be put him with like, him and Foligno or something, just like a hard checking line, mm-hmm. a little bit of yeah. skill. I, I could totally see it. And like, and, and for yeah, the Wilds, feeling, I know they don't want to give up their picks. Obviously, it'd be a cheap acquisition for them. Like, yeah. I think I don't think Soderberg's going to fetch much. Like, you could probably mm-hmm. get a third for him. Yeah. But well, like, and the thing is too with the Wild is they have Pittsburgh's first this year. So oh. if Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs, then they have a lottery pick. Oh yeah, thought about that. It's not protected. Yeah. No, no, because no. it was it was either this year or last year, and Pittsburgh elected to keep their pick last year. They to had trade it for, uh, for, for Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. But, like, I will give Pittsburgh credit. They're they're playing pretty well right now, but Malkin's out week to week now, so mm. that'll be interesting. Oh. But you got a point there. So now that they have Pittsburgh's pick, they might be willing to go big game hunting. 
Like, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think they can. The thing is, I don't think they need to, because I mean, like, I, I very much like try to think like a GM, and if I were, if I were the Wilds GM, I would try to be very conservative right now because you have, you know, like, you have two very young centers in the, you know, waiting, and like, and you know, Marco Rossi and uh, Marat Kuznadinov, and like. Once those guys come in, you have your top two centers if they can perform the way they're supposed to. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you, you put out, you know, Marco Rossi on a line with, you know, Kirill Kaprizov or Kevin Fiala. And oh, for both man, that's fine. You can forget about it. And then, you know, see your second line is, like, Mara Kuznodinov, um, uh, Matt Sucarello, and, you know, like, Still got guys like in the thing, or, or another, or um, they're, they're first from Matthew Boldy. Yeah. You still got Bolton I mean, like hanging around. Yeah, and so I mean, they they could they could just load up on prospects and just kind of be like the lightning in that way, which is what I would do personally for them. Because uh, oh yeah, I know we want to talk about more like this year with them. Like I think <clears throat> this would kind of be like like bet like better than the 2008 Hawks, but not like it as good as the 2009 Hawks for them. Like where they can like they can make some noise in the playoffs, but I mean ultimately I think it's gonna be Colorado v. Biggest in the second round in the West. I was but, actually going to say, yeah. I think they remind me kind of like Colorado when they started getting good, just that, without the star talent. That would, like, that would be a much better comparison, I think, yeah. The way the winning games just like mm-hmm. kind of having their, like, because it's like a lot of like, like that 2016 team that like kind of pushed Nashville to six, or it was a 2017, I think. 2018, I don't know. 2018. 2018, that's what it was. Yeah. The mm-hmm. team that pushed Nashville to six, they didn't look like a deep team on paper. But all those guys were scoring mm-hmm. and contributing. And, like, that's exactly. kind of the thing with the Wild. They're getting points from all 12 of their forwards right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Ryan Hartman's been pretty good for them on the fourth yeah, line. Uh, yeah, Ryan Hartman. What a name. Yeah. That's a good contract for him in there. I'm glad mm-hmm. he's found a home. Yeah. Sidney Crosby comparable. Thanks for Nicholas Bode and Ryan Hartman. You served your purpose. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Philip yeah. and Philip Kershaw. And Philip Kershaw. <laughs> and my oh, boy, Victor, Victor Edschel. Mark yeah. Kelly making sure Bowman's trades look good. Gotta love it. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Let's see. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> literally the alley oop. I'm sorry, dude. Mark <laughs> Kelly is like the man. Like that mm-hmm. dude deserves such a. He and the European scouting team, they all deserve raises. They are incredible. The we last see, like, five years, they have picked player. so much talent. Like, I think I think there's basically like three full lines, like two D pairs, and like at least two, a goalie. Two goalies, two, like two, two and Ranta. Yeah, shit, that's two. Like it's they have like, you know, like rookies and European acquisitions that they wanted mm-hmm. to, or team guys that they drafted. Then, and we're, we'll probably like if if Lankinen can, you know, like like if they, if the Hawks can perform well in the last half of the season, then that's that's the third Calder nominee that they've just pulled out of Europe. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's it's impressive stuff. Like Mark Kelly doesn't get nearly enough credit, in my opinion, yeah. for what he's done. Because, like, without him, like, they, if they had a guy like Arizona's guy who has been – who's had trouble picking prospects lately, mm-hmm. we'd be doomed. Like, yeah. at oh, least yeah. if they're going into a rebuild and they have these high picks, their scouting department's going to actually usually not mess with those picks. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Boquist and Doc were hits. And, yeah. like, Boquist, we kind of knew because he was always going to be top five. To be a phenomenal pick. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lucas Reichel's been incredible, 100%. He's – like a point per game in the Dell, right? Like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. 
And he's playing Jeez. with good players, but like, dude, you have to be good to play with good players. Like, that's I, you always yeah, got to no, remember like, that. You like, can't use that as an excuse because, like, Anisim off played with Kane and Panarin, he still only put up like forty points a year. Like, yeah, right. Obviously, Hank. Hey, like, I mean, well, also the thing is too is that you know he's 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 nineteen year old playing you know top minutes in a pro men's league in Europe. Yeah, and that's, not, and that's not something you know to to you know scoff at. Like, I mean. Because, I mean, like, most, like, most players in, like, European leagues are, you know, usually playing, you know, like, lower minutes unless, you know, you, you know, you're, like, crazy good. You know, maybe, like, a like a Lucas Raymond type or something. But, you know, even, like, like, Amarov and, like, the KHL, like, he, like, I mean, he's, you know, like, getting, like, third-line minutes. But he's still, he's still using that to, like, do something. But, I mean, Reichel, I mean, I mean, he, he, I mean, this is, I mean, it's probably the perfect, like, development opportunity for him to oh, be yeah. in the PL Because you're playing against men. But you're also able to get top minutes, and like it, it just and and he's yeah, producing, and he's, so. and he's been able to actually play a season, which not a lot of mm-hmm. prospects can say, like exactly. especially in juniors and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and like I know he, like I forget if he said what his like, like I remember when he got drafted, he said he had like a projection of when he'd be with the Hawks, but like he's definitely gonna get a look at camp next year. Like there's not a doubt oh, in my mind now. Yeah, like I, I, I thought they'd maybe wait two years with him, but if he's playing this well right now, you gotta give him a look next September. Mm-hmm. Like you have to. Uh, we're talking about uh Reichel and I would oh, love yeah. to see him in I wouldn't like, yeah, I wouldn't sure to somebody else. You throw Reichel on the wing and like mm-hmm. I could see a line of like Reichel Taves and Kublik or something in the future. That's, Honestly that's what like, I wanna see when Taves comes back is Hankel Taves and Kublik. Oh my god! Yeah, but, Taves because Taves and Kubali work so well together. Like and Hagel Taves, already has chemistry with Kubali. Like, like exactly. Like if our if our top six next year is Debrinket, Doc, Kane, and then Reichel, Taves, Kubali. Oh like, like, like forget about thinking about the three-headed monster in the draft that year. Like, like we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna be scoring goals. on the playoffs. <laughs> There's gonna no, be some fucks in that. As long as you shore up the back end a little more, maybe mm-hmm. add another left-handed defenseman. I mean, because like I think if we give Bowden a full season, I mean, I want, oh, I want for me personally, I want to see Bowden play every game the rest of the season, provided you know he you know doesn't you know need a break or whatever. Like I want to see him play like at least eighty percent of the rest of the games this year. Yeah, I, what, have we, what we've seen from him has been super impressive. And oh, he's been he's been time. way better than I thought he'd be this early. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I never said that he was better than everybody else said, but I'm not going to like, mention that. I just feel like this offseason, they have it might not be the the sexiest move that everyone wants, but like sure. you have to find a way to get rid of Calvin DeHaan. Because oh, yeah. I yeah. can see well, where's the door off still on this team as like a six seven guy. But you can't be sitting DeHaan every night when he's making that much money. And then he, they're not going to because he's making that much money. And that means you're putting a guy like Lucas Carlson or Nicholas Bodan or anyone like that, honestly, in the box. And they're just not going to get experience. And that's just I a waste of that something. I want to have something Bodan's with that. not in the lineup, he needs to be in the AHL playing top minutes. Mm-hmm. But, like, wanna... he's already proven he's too good for the AHL. Because so. yeah. people seem to look at this a lot, like, especially, you know, Twitter. Everyone's an armchair GM. And, you know, I'm, I think I'm, you know, I'm uh, at fault for doing this at times as well. But. Like, you have to remember, like, this, these are human beings, and it's business, but these are human beings, and those things go together. It, it's like, mm-hmm. I always remember, I always remember when the Bears drafted, drafted Trubisky. Who oh boy, let's not talk about the Bears after this, but and they drafted <laughs> yeah, Trubisky, yeah. and uh, the I was, uh, I went to a, you know, like a men's league rat or something, and, you know, some, dudes, some couple of dudes were talking in the locker room about it, and one guy says, 
that's an awful business move. You sign a quarterback to that fat of a deal, and then you draft, you know, the future. You yeah. draft the next guy right away. That's not a good look for your team. That's not a good look for your franchise. And that's, you know, people forget, like, you can't just sit a guy like DeHaan forever. No, that's, that's, what I, that's why I'm saying they need to trade him this offseason. Yeah, like, you can't no, yeah, be sitting exactly. a guy like that when he makes that much money. But you also can't be sitting a rookie and hinder his development. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to choose. And, and if Bowman's that committed to the youth movement, Zadorov makes more sense hanging on to than DeHaan. Yeah. He's, got, exactly. he's four years younger. He brings something that no other defenseman brings to the team. And he's already proven he can sometimes play with a kid if it works. Yeah, but like, and he's better than DeHaan. He's just better than him. Yeah. You know? And the Han's so, not even bad. It's just like I feel like if he was a five six on another team like he was in Carolina, he'd be fine. If but he like his own, he's being a two three right now and he can't play that. So well and the thing is like, we we rag on this a lot and it's just not a system that works for guys like that. He's not a mobile guy. It's not a system that works in general. I'm sorry. When I see Nikita Zadora following a guy to the point, and then there's a forward carding the front of the net. I'm sorry. Paul's defensive system is beyond me at five on five. Like I've seen so many goals where Murphy's at the top of the key following a guy. And I'm like, (laughs) what the, what are we doing here? Like I get it's man to man, but like, just Come on, Pia Suter, go get Stamkos. <laughs> Cover uh, it, your man. It's, it, it's an eye opener sometimes. Like you'll see some of those goals go in, and you're just like, "What the? F- why are both of the defensemen oh. up high?" Like um, my favorite thing is, oh man, how do you say his name? Name uh, Dom Filipovic. Phila- oh my god, Dimitri Filipovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I, oh, I'm thinking of the other Dom Decision. There's Dom Decision, then there's Dimitri Filipic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I obviously Dom's the one that's a wild fan with all the charts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dom is the one who loves Lincoln too. No, uh, closet yeah. <laughs> but well, Dimitri, and he stopped making him money. So uh. Dimitri is my my favorite thing he does is he'll take a screen grab of the Blackhawks defense completely out of position. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Colleton's defensive system. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's wow. about right. They're they're the Hawks are so fascinating because they're not like a team like Buffalo where they're just disastrous like that all the time. They are so good and then they can be so bad. And it's so clearly on both uh, it's good in the offensive zone, horrible in the in their own zone. It's like the league. Part of that- Part of that's got to be on coaching, too, in a way. Because, like, the thing mm-hmm. you just said where they can look really good and all it takes mm-hmm. is one goal. And I'm not even kidding. It's like a landslide. This team just doesn't know how to weather the storm. Like, look at all those that's Tampa true. games. Look at every Tampa game. They've let in a week one. Every one of those games. And after that, they have no clue. They look like a bunch of chickens running with their heads cut off. Especially that game oh. where they blew a three-goal lead. And I think I Carolina, they did that one time, yeah. too. They let up, like, two goals in seven seconds. And they don't know how to weather the storm, and they just kind of like panic. Yeah. And like, I know that's a sign of a young team, but like, if if I'm Jeremy Colleton, you gotta start trying to drill this into these kids that they can't do this. They can't score two goals and be like, "All right, we can take a shift off," because these teams are too good. It's not the AHL. You're not the most skilled player on the ice anymore. You know what I mean? This team to me is like a goodwill version of the Maple Leafs. You know, they don't have the insane like they. You flip the goaltending and the offense. You know, they the offense isn't. And we look. You look at charts, and you know, I know, you know, you know, oh, chart boys, yada yada yada. But there is something to be seen about possession and whatnot, and what's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Five on five, they aren't the best, but they are producing. They can produce. And, Those are good on the rush. They've always been good on the rush, it's, yeah. and that's Kane. 
That's just the way they played since Cornwall. Yeah, and when, once you get a Doc back, a Taves back, and once these guys, you know, are, you know, you get to next season, these guys have had a year under their belt, and they're playing a year where they're not, you know, playing again. They're not getting gutted by the Stanley Cup champions every two games, mm-hmm. you know, four times a week. Um, you know, it's this team's going to look a lot better. You know, in theory, they should look a lot better. And maybe a guy like Reichel comes up. You know, there's going to be – I feel like they can only go up from here. And I think that they yeah. can go up, and it's very realistic that that can happen. Uh, well, when they're healthy, yeah. But this year, they can no, not almost certainly go down. Like, oh. not, not this year, no. no. I'm talking but that's the thing. They can't, they can't collapse mm. for the morale of that locker room for that purpose yeah. only. Because I'm telling you right now, this team had such a big lead on a playoff spot, and if they crap that away, that's going to sit with this team for a while. Look at the Leafs and how mentally shot they are from what they've done in the playoffs the last four years. And they're a young team. Like, that shit sticks with the players. Look at McDavid. Like, like, he's really good, but you can obviously tell not being in the playoffs is eating at him, and it's eating at his mental – mentally. And that that happens with younger players. Yeah. And – if that, happen, thing if that happens with this team this year, I could just see it having some lasting effects. Yeah. The lucky thing for McDavid is that when you piss him off, he plays better. Yeah. He's one of those guys. There was a, but he, but it's like the people around him. It's not him. You know. What oh I mean? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, of course. I don't know. Piss off it, McDavid is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope this team doesn't have a mega collapse because it's. Just, I just it's like. The thing I we I think we all got spoiled with with the, in the Quinville years was that team if they had a if they had a lead going into the third it, the game was over they were shutting it down they were like 140 and 0 I'm pretty sure at one point like leading after two oh my mm-hmm. yeah it was insane ever since like the last like four years or so they have they have not been able to do it they they yeah. can't hang on to a lead they don't know how to play the right way to finish a game. They kind of just turtle and hope the goalie finishes the job for them, which they kind of did against Dallas a couple games ago. And they're lucky they had a big lead yeah, in that yeah. one. And Lankinen was on his A game because that game could have like, easily been out of like hand. Three or four goals and eight shots, letting, something like that. Letting John yeah, Clinton yeah, go yeah, post the coach. That's amazing. Efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. I'm not trying to harp on this team too much because, like, Let's not like I'm not trying to get it twisted. They're doing way more than I ever expected. I thought they were gonna be a bottom three team this year, just based off oh, injuries. Yeah. I think but that it's, it's just like I always I, I just don't want to see them like regress and then f- never find a way to get back to where they were, mm-hmm. which I you see a lot with young teams, and that's what yeah. I, that scares me a little. Well, I want to ask you guys. I want to get into the last segment in a second. But I'm curious, what like for you guys, what is your? And let's take out Lankinen because he's kind of a consensus number one. Which rookies impressed you the most? Uh, I want to start with you, Dylan. Um, they all kind of have had their moments for me, yeah. but I think the one that's like most surprising, like obviously I've really liked Mitchell's game when he's on his A game. Cause like the first like 20 or so games, Mitchell was a clear NHL player. And then like Ben yeah. said, it's, it's clear he hasn't played a long season like this. It's starting to take a toll on him yeah. and he's getting put in a lot of tough assignments and stuff. And yeah. that'll, that'll happen. But I think the guy who surprised me the most, and it's with the ice time he's giving, is Kershev. Because, oh, I, because like, I'm going to be 100% honest. If everyone's healthy, Kershev's not on this team opening opening night. And I don't think he's on this team for the first month and a half of the season. And he's proven already with his skill and the way he can move the puck. And he's actually way more aggressive on the puck than I thought he was. Like, yeah. he uses, like, he and Hagel have this. 
like I, I kind of want to repagle like those two have been my favorites because like yeah. they play a certain way where they have speed with the puck, but they aren't afraid to go hit someone and go into the corner and try to win that battle and chase mm-hmm. them and get like I've seen so many times where it's a one on one battle with the defenseman and Kershev or Hagel just instantly stick checks them and gets the puck. It makes it look seamless. Yeah. And then they have the puck behind the net and then they can work. It's just, you know, they don't really play with anyone. So yeah, like and, uh... We saw you saw it against Columbus. Remember the uh, it was at Soderberg's first goal as a hawk. Exactly what Kershaw did, just clean poke check. Mm-hmm. Just and and I just I like the way they play both ways. Obviously, they're going to go through times like Kershaw right now. I feel like he's having a rough go for the last few games, but like it, it has impressed me the most. What Kershaw and Hagel. I want to group Hagel on that too because Hagel and yeah. Hagel's the only guy in this team that tries every night, and that's yeah. something that not a lot of players in this team have. Yeah. Like my dad Something and I joke, Hagel had Perlini shooting, he'd be the best player on this team probably. Oh, <laughs> because if he, if he had if Perlini had the effort and the defensive ability and like the playmaking ability that Hagel has, and then you just put Perlini's shot with that, oh, that's, yeah. that's that's that's, oh, yeah. that's an Alex Tuck NHL player. Like Perlini that. literally has the he Perlini oh. only has he only has the one thing that Hagel <laughs> needs to be. Just yeah. If Hagel had player. shooting, he'd be so good. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know but what? Like, it's... Those two have impressed me the most. Hagel and Kershaw, probably for sure. Love that. And you know what? The way I look at those two, Hagel for sure, you know, like those two will get better. In theory, mm-hmm. a guy like Kershaw, like he's very young in this league. Kershaw's what, and like 21? Maybe. He's like 21. He's probably 20. He's 21. Exactly. He's 21. Yeah. Still, like, I mean, yeah. He's younger than me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm the measuring stick. No, he'll be, he'll be 22 next year, like in October. So he's basically mm-hmm. 21 this year. He's 21 years old. He's 21 years old. And he's Dude, just kids. Like, yeah. And, he, and I'm 21 on a podcast talking about him. So yeah, like, like, it's, like you, it's crazy. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I love that answer. Kershev for me has been a very like he's kind of like been my sleeper, and uh, mm. you know it's it's really cool to see him. Uh, just man, it's really cool to see him doing what he's doing. And like you said, it's he's this not big, not yeah big, but he's also not he's not smallest. Small. He's yeah. not yeah, he's kind oh, of in the middle. He's not I a huge just, guy like, though, but he goes like he's like five ten. Like I thought he was short, but he's not. He's like six foot, and he uses his size to his advantage. Right, and it's like he's this guy who he has all this skill and finesse, but he actually uses the body in the corners. He battles mm-hmm. for the puck, and it's it's fantastic. That was probably the first thing I noticed when I first watched him in like training camp back in 2018. I'm like, he'll he does that shit. He's very Crosby like, very Marco Rossi, where he gets the puck, he'll use his body to shake you off, and that's mm-hmm. such a that's so so effective in the NHL nowadays little quick turns and whatnot, you, getting out of the corner, go to the corner, get the puck, make a quick turn, and then boom, you're off the defenseman, and you have you either have a look to the slot. Hopefully, if me and if you're the Blackhawks, you probably don't have somebody in the slot, but, you know. Throw to the theory. point. Yeah, throw to the point. Murphy shot, you know, hit somebody's shit, and then, you know, chase the other way, of course. You know, death oh, and taxes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I love those two picks. Uh, and so do you, Ben. Who would you be your, you know, favorite rookie, rookies, you know, whatever you want. You know, whatever, however you want to talk about it. I think I probably would have said Kershaw, but then just, just because we have so many rookies on our team, I completely forgot Hagel was a rookie. And, like, for me, Hagel's definitely number one for me. I mean, like, Kershaw's a close two, 
And, like, I guess you could kind of throw Bowden in there. I know he hasn't, you know, played a ton, but, like, he's impressed me a lot from what I've seen. And I know it's a small sample size, but still. I mean, Hagel, I mean, like, every, like, like, like uh, Dylan said, like, every game, like, he's just out there trying 100% every shift. And, like, he just... He like I know it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, but like God, he he creates so much like every game. Like I know in in our in our, in our chat, like I'm always like Hagel, hey, like oh so close. Like he just yeah. he creates constantly, and that's yeah. the that's the kind of player that you could put with a guy like Hay, like Taves and Kane. Yeah. And like, like yeah, like, he's you a know, guy you can like, put anywhere. Kane, I love that. I can imagine like, Taves Kane. Hey, he's like he's way better than Kajula would have been in that spot, and Kajula exactly. literally, he's literally like what they needed Kajula to be, or they wanted him to be. You know, Hagel's like Zach Hyman. I don't even, I don't even like, oh, that is a perfect kind of like a different. Wait, what, I what love their, Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman. Oh yeah, he's like Zach Hyman, but fast. He's literally oh, the Blackhawks Zach absolutely, Hyman. Absolutely. That's perfect. Oh, that's, man. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a spot on comparison. I mean, like because yeah. he just. I mean, like, I guess I'm just saying the same over, but I mean, like, every, like every time he's out there, and then it's in different ways too. He just like finds a way to get past the guy, create space, whether it's using his body or skill and finesse, and like he just he constantly gets you know like scoring chances going for this team or something, just just something going in general in all three zones, and it's just you know there, there's not many guys like that in the league. So I mean, like you know we could barely you know think of the Zach Hyman comparison, but like. Yeah, I mean that's it's a it's a it's rare a, quality to have in this league. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you need like, those. We always say you need those guys in the playoffs. You need that's that. why I yeah. like him with Kubalik so much because like Hagel's got yeah. that ability to just go get the puck and he can make something out of nothing within two seconds. Like he'll win a battle. He can make that quick pass to Kubalik, and Kubalik's yeah. always been a guy where he'll just find the open ice. You just got to get mm-hmm. to him. That's how. Perfect reason as to why they're right together. It's probably that's exactly why, like, why. when Taves comes back, I need that line. I need yes. that line because yes. Taves will drive the offense. Hagel can go get the puck for them, and then Kubelik's your shooter. It's like exactly. basically Saad Taves Kubelik. Just Hagel's mm-hmm. gonna have to learn how to hit the post as much as Saad does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's yeah. fucked up the break. He's had the breakaway uh, luck. So oh, he does have the break. He has the Saad breakaway gene. <laughs> that's for oh sure. Yeah. No, oh wait, what was that? Who, wait, who? I don't know who finished it, but what was that one like overtime goal where Hagel like got some passes? Where Lankinen got, 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 got the other assist too? Suter. Suter. Yeah, no, Suter. Suter. yeah, exactly. All the rookies were on the ice because Mitchell mm-hmm. won a defensive battle to get the puck to Hagel. Hagel creates space on his own, and then Suter went far post on um. Yeah. On the best thing about that, I love that, is how. And again, you said Hagel creates something out of nothing. He's a smart player. He because a lot of guys who are fast. And, you know, fast and skilled. Um, first guy I look at is Duclair, um, a guy who's very fast but isn't doesn't have the best hockey IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I always think of him because he's, like, just the perfect example of that guy who's just fast. No, like, doesn't have the best IQ. Because he's, he's seen what Duclair can do when he's actually, like – Exactly. He, I yeah. love Duclair. But, he, yeah, he just – and he's getting better. You can see that he's definitely improving it. He's been more of a playmaker this year. You know, the Quinville effect, you know, good coach. I just can't believe he went back to Quinville because Quinville didn't like him in Arizona or not Arizona, Chicago. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember him being Quinville being the biggest fan of Duclair. Like he gave him like two games of Taves and he was like, all right, you're a third liner. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, but Hangel seems to have that speed and that skill, but he's not a he's not like, you know, a lizard brain kind of guy. You saw him. He cuts middle. He pulls the defenseman towards him. And just no look throws it across to Suter, who then has the open ice. 
And that's a little thing, but this is a, it, it's stuff like that. You know, he's not, he has all yeah. the skill and the speed. He knows how to use it. He's, I really think he's going to next year. I, I could see this guy being like a 20 goal scorer. I really uh, think he has the potential. I could he's see fantastic. him be, I could, if it's a full season, I could see like 35, 40 points from Hagel. If he's on the right <laughs> line with Caves or something or Doc and he's just going to be go, get, going to get mm-hmm. those guys the puck, mm-hmm. he's going to be picking up assists left and, and right. Like, the best thing is Colton likes him. Colton likes him. That's the best thing. He's going to get that hey, this time. You know, I give David Camp a lot of crap because Colton loves him, but if David Camp's your fourth line center day, a year in and year out, I'm a okay with that. Like with that. he's the guy that I actually have a fear we're gonna lose to Vegas. Like uh, my my dad doesn't think so. No I really think like no. or not Vegas, Seattle. I keep saying <laughs> no, Vegas, no, hey, same thing, man. If like because I've been looking at like who could be available in the expansion draft for Seattle, and it, there are not a lot of centers. So uh, I could definitely see a world where they take a guy like Camp or like mm-hmm. Carl. Maybe Carpenter would be a little better, but like I can see a world where they take a guy like Cam. Like, like I could just see it. Because Leader like, of the Brian Carpenter fan club, I cannot allow that in this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian Carpenter just needs to get off my power play, and then I'll stop narking. I'll stop nagging on him because yeah. This is I'm sorry, like especially now that Suter's like I I gotta go back to it, especially now Suter was off the power play last game entirely. Like yeah. just put him out there. And also like going back to what you said about hockey IQ, another guy who's really good with that is Strom. Because Strom yeah. knows the, how to be in the right when like because like we all could tell the last like five games when he had that concussion, he was playing with a concussion. Like he was a ghost the yeah. last like five games before he was out. That's the best yeah. I've seen Strom look all year last or two nights ago. He said he was lightning. insane last night. I didn't get to see it, but Ben Pope was oh, ragging on. He was it. all over the place with the puck. Like every time he was on the ice, and he was on a line with Yanmark and Carpenter. It's a line that I and he was on the wing. Not something exactly I wouldn't expect offense. to work. Yeah. Strom oh, yeah, had was... more of a nose for the net in that game than I've seen him probably this year. And he scored yeah. in other games. It's just like he was around the net at all times. He almost had a breakaway at one point. He just you know foot mm-hmm. speed. But he's, he, he almost had it too. He just kind of dude. When he was on the power game. play, in when he they first got him, big guy, tall fucking guy. Yeah, he's six three. He, got he can great, be a winger. Got great vision for the ice, which has always been something that's been good in Strom's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could, he could oh. basically sit in the Gretzky spot if he wants to, and he'd be able to get the puck to whoever he wants. But you to. know what? You know what? And maybe we talked about. I've said he's a pure center. Maybe, maybe he can play that position for that reason. He's one of the best pure playmakers in the league. You mentioned Ryan Johansson. He's a very much a Ryan Johansson player. He can score he's not goals. Not getting paid Ryan Johansson money. That's why I like him. Like, and please yeah, never give him Ryan exactly. Johansson money. Oh, <laughs> Dylan Strom, yeah. please don't toss eight million at him. Please, uh, <laughs> I'd be okay with. Him. Well, it's not yeah. give, him like, give, give that eight to Doc yesterday. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, if you know, I'm just hoping if, Doc takes a step because, like, he took a step in the playoffs. Like, if he's, if he's even a 50 point guy, it'd be huge for this team. If yeah. Doc, I mean, or like, if whatever can, he does this year, if he does anything, like, I like, I just, I just want him to get some games in this year. So does it go like anything. over a year without playing? Mm-hmm. But like next year, next year, I think, I think he could, I think, I think, yeah, I think he could get 60. Points. Oh, definitely. He's gonna he's gonna be glued to Kane next year. Like, it's, uh, oh, oh my there's God, not yeah, a chance of help. And if he's not with Kane, he's gonna be with Kubalik because they did that yeah. for a while too. I I just want to see Kane to bring it and uh, Doc just go full harm. Give him like the NHL. Game. Just let him gel. Like, you know what's about that in this Strom's game last night? What for me the biggest takeaway besides how well he played is that he did that without to bring it. No, he was on his own. 
He was he was yeah. on his own line. He was on his own power play unit. He was doing everything on his own. Which yeah. like I know everyone knocks him because he's only good with Debrinket most of the time, but he was doing he, all of it on his own. So I'll give him props. Like he had a really that, like he hasn't been given enough time away from Debrinket to mm-hmm. to be able to do it without him. And like you know what, maybe the wing is his position. Like that could be it. And that's I hope it works out. I didn't think so. I still don't think it's. I still think he's a center, but yeah, I think they're just he, easing it back in. Honestly, I, I think can, yeah. fine, fuck it. You know, and then you can then he has value. You can he has a, a place on this team when Doc and Tabes are back. That's what I want him to succeed mm-hmm. for. Also, well, he's think- also going to have better line mates if he's like a three C now, because yes. like I if he if he was the third line center when this team's healthy, his line mates would probably be like Suter and Kurashev. Which that well, that is nice. The guy that we're forgetting too is out. Alex Nylander. I was literally just about to say that. I was like, isn't he coming back soon? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know he's if he'll be back here. this year, but like next year, like, because I'm yeah, just for six months for next year, possibly. I mean, and I think honestly, like, I mean, Reichel could easily be on this team, but I think we should just give him another year in the DEL yeah. just. So that he can, you know, like just it's just over ripen him, you know. Exactly. Because there's no need to I mean there's the no Detroit need for him to play fourth line minutes. Like, yeah. Because I mean we'll have okay, let's say uh first line, Debrinkit, Doc, Kane. Second line, Hagel, Taves, Kubalik. Third line, like Kurashev or Suter, Strong, Nylander. And then, you know, that means you'll have either Phil Kurashev or Pia Suter on your fourth line. With Carpenter and Camp. Like yeah. Yeah. That's a good hockey team right there, forward-wise. Mm-hmm. Healthy, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's maybe big and Twistle in there as well, or whoever we get. You can throw maybe an Evan Barrett in there. Like, it, yeah, uh, exactly. Oh, man, I really can't wait until McKenzie at Whistle is something. I like oh, and then you're still going to – well, I, we don't, I, I think he's done, but Shaw's going to be back at some point for one more year. He's back, mm-hmm. but I don't want him to come back now. He's yeah. Island. Island. I, no, I love like him. He, he has two kids, man. Like he's taking too yeah. many bumps to the head. Two kids and two yeah. cups. You know, yeah. he's been around. And he's done shit. Like you know, he's done and, it all. Like he got his money. Like he's, go he's life, got his like, kind of goal. Like or Ross Trophy fans are gonna love him forever. So I yeah mm-hmm. yeah I and you know again I understand you know I don't like bringing this up so often but like you know. Everyone knows I understand the concussions, you know, wanting to play and having to sit out. Anybody, though, in that same position understands, like, having – especially the concussions, it's something that can affect you mentally for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And when you have two fucking kids, like, you have to look at that and you have to very much weigh that in, you know, against – I want to play my fun sport, but I've already played it and I've done so much. My kids need me. Like, yeah, like it, in my life, there's a TV. life after hockey, and it's a lot longer than you want, mm-hmm. than you need. It's it should be longer well, than you expect it to you be. And, like you make sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, like he's it's, he's not it's, even it's, thirty yet. Like, come on. Seriously? Like he's had too many bumps to the head. Like he's got to he's got to worry about. He's got another fifty years to live. Like he's got to. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to make sure he has another fifty years to live. That's the thing. You make exactly. Sure no, that's years, what I mean. You know? like, yeah. Oh no, I I completely agree with what you're saying man and it's you know it, it yeah i swear i swear i talk about it like maybe once every two podcasts but it's very important you know and it's it's uh like the uh um I, the thing with colin like i that quote you know i saw at the beginning of the podcast i like that you know you don't you don't have to you don't have to be fighting players for just playing the game like there doesn't have to be this much fighting in the game mm-hmm. in my opinion there shouldn't really be much fighting at all but you know yeah. it's 
it's in the sport and it, you know it is what it is but you know people have to be cognizant of the of the of the consequences of that mm-hmm. and so it seems like shaw has that mindset he changed his entire game yeah he wasn't the most effective but he changed his style of play completely just so that he could play hockey to make mm-hmm. himself safe how many guys go back in there they lie about their concussions they go back in and you know too oh many. i'm fine i'm fine too, too many and it's been happening for too long and the culture on it's a problem in my words are probably hot air no one's say it you know that's no it, it's it, an it important be thing yeah, it's so. like the fact that every team doesn't have a team neurologist is ridiculous. Yeah, oh, yeah I about that. That's, that's ridiculous, and that's not even just them. That's every sports team, I'm pretty sure. Like that's not a regulated thing, and the fact that it's not with all the CTE lawsuits that these leagues are facing are gonna face. Like they've already faced a few. It's gonna be so much worse in like 20 years when all these guys in the 70s and 80s are like mm-hmm. 60 and 70, and they're literally brain dead because of all the fucking hits hey, and coke they did this fucking like, sucks like you yeah. know this is a problem and nobody warned me about it because they didn't have anybody who could like that the you would think you would think that with that many lawsuits every team would go oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck yeah neurologist so that we don't have this happen to us again but they're but they sports teams care and as much as you think That's the they, have they only fucking, care when they're trying to take the money they're mm-hmm. fucking great yeah, yeah. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. Gotta love it, baby. <laughs> Capitalism did it to me. I'm gonna become the Joker. <laughs> um, but no, actually, seriously, fuck capitalism. Uh, I don't care if anybody disagrees with me. I'm just gonna say it. I don't care. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to get. I, I said this a while ago that I want to get into the last segment, but yeah. I had a fantastic conversation. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Like you, said, like, like you said, it's all tangent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Same brain here. Um, and this one's more, Ben. I know you have. Uh, you've talked about this. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about this stuff. But if you want to go ahead and introduce the topic, oh no, of course, yeah. And you know, plenty of uh, thoughts on it too. Should the NHL consider going overseas with the amount of talent that's coming in and the fact that they have, they're literally building it, right? They're like building an Avengers team of going overseas and spreading the game. You know, you've opened up all the possibility to have teams overseas. Do you think that they might do this? Like, or if so, do you think they, or we got more so the question, do you think they should do that? Personally, for me, I don't think the NHL should add teams overseas. I think they, I think the NHL has like a max, like 40 team capacity in North America, but I think what they should do, 40 home games, 40 road games for every team, and then two European games for every team every year. So if you could have 32 games overseas in different cities every year, think about how many, how much, you know, fan base you could, because I mean, especially if you go to places consistently, like you could build a, like an NHL, a consistent NHL fan base in like London in Paris or like in, in Italy, like in places China. where there's, like, there's kind of hockey yeah, in China, yeah, Japan, it's that, Korea. It's getting bigger there too. Exactly. And cause I mean, like, like the city of Tokyo or the the metropolitan area of Tokyo has 39 million people. That's a lot of hockey fans. And I know, you know, there's like the whole like Pablo Barber, Aito Aguchi guy. But like, I think this year, I don't, I don't know if he'll get drafted, but there's a guy in the, in the U show, uh, Yusako Ando is like, uh, I think he's playing for Youngstown uh, or he, I, he might be in the QMJHL this season. I know he played there last year, but like, there's more Japanese talent in the NHL or like in North American leagues and mm-hmm. just in hockey in general. And like, 
you really got to start capitalizing that and start growing the game. Because, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be your league, but it could be another league, and it could just feed into your league as well. And just internationally, too, with the game. Like, imagine if there was a World Cup of Hockey that wasn't, like, you know, a garbage. Like, they should have never got rid of that. That's all I'm going to say. But, like, imagine if there was, you know, like, a World Cup of Hockey akin oh, to the FIFA World Cup. Oh, they, that, like, dude, yeah, you mentioned this. I completely forgot about this. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah. I agree with and, all that. I, sorry, continue. I didn't know. I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, that because it starts with the NHL. Because I mean, like, the IIHF could do whatever it wants, but I mean, the league for hockey is the NHL, and so it starts with them for growing the game. Uh, and then what were we gonna say? I mean, well, I, I was, I was actually glad that um we're, we're on the same page. I don't think there should be teams overseas because one mm-hmm. they they'd have to make another league that'd be the only yeah. way that would work because the yeah, travel can... and like the jet lag and stuff it would mess up the entire league but mm-hmm. i do like yeah. the idea of every team getting games overseas because mm-hmm. you're seeing it right like the, the nhl was the most backwards organization for me the last three years because they were like yeah we're trying to grow <laughs> the game overseas but we're not going to go to the olympics because we don't want our players to get hurt and it's like it's, it's like yeah we want to make a cake but we're not going to have flour and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Like, okay. Like, it's just a fucking we're, we're going to make a cake, but we're not going to use an oven. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, it's just like, that's actually even better. Like, honestly, cause like this, that's what you do to finalize it all. It's you know? beyond me. The fact that like, they're trying to push overseas and they've been doing it for a while. They've had games in China. They've had games in Prague. They've had games in Switzerland or Switzerland. They've had games in Sweden and Finland. And they mm-hmm. should keep doing that, obviously, because it's going to only bring more eyes to the product. Mm-hmm. But you have to find a way to make it to where, like, I, I don't even know, like, maybe you find a way to, like, because it shouldn't just be, like, random teams facing off in a certain country. You know what I mean? Like, you should bring, like, a rivalry to them. So, like, I know they'd probably lose some money, but, like, imagine bringing, like, a Toronto-Montreal to, like, oh, for a game. Yes. Or, like bring like Blackhawks blues to freaking Tokyo for two games or something <sighs> like do something like that. Don't just put like the Sabres and the devils in a game or something. And then everyone's like, what the fuck? This is stupid. No, yeah. make it a competitive <laughs> hockey game with mm-hmm. two teams that are actually good. Like imagine if they put Vegas, Colorado anywhere overseas right now. Yeah. People Those are going to watch teams, that yeah. 100%. Cause I mean, like, I definitely understand, like, not wanting to put rivalry games over there, but I do, like, I do agree with you that it should be quality games over there. Because I know, like, what they try to do is, you know, get, like, teams with, you know, high-caliber players from, like, certain countries mm-hmm. to play in those countries. Because I think, like, in the, Michael Ross, season, maybe? Yeah. Like, the last like, time it, we had a preseason, it was, like, Nashville, New Jersey, and Switzerland, which makes sense because the European uh, It was, like, Sweden for the Lightning because of Hedman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And they played Buffalo, who had, like, Dominic and all that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, I like I like when they do that. It's just like mm-hmm. I've looked at some of the games they've had overseas. Like even like even though like they just traded with each other, so it made it somewhat interesting. Like oh, Colorado Ottawa was the game overseas a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like L.A. Calgary was the game three years ago in China. That's the game you're gonna push the market with. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, declining like, L.A. Like, don't don't do a, preseason games over there either. Like never, like it should be actual games that matter because like mm-hmm. then the players will give a shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that's you, the biggest thing. Okay, like they need to just make sure there's more eyes on the product, and like that's why, like I'm so happy they're signing with ESPN. Like I can't even oh, yeah. begin to describe that. And 
everyone's like, oh my god, ESPN sucks. I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass. Some random Joe Schmo is going to be able to turn on the fucking Blackhawks game now. Because yeah. it's going to be on ESPNU and not some channel that not every cable provider has. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, and also, like, like... They're going to get so many more eyes on the product. It's Let insane. me put it in this way. Everyone says ESPN sucks. How much better is, is NBC? Like, is yeah, NBC I, good? I, no. Yes. NBC's not good. I'm sorry. They're only good for the Olympics. That's it. Yeah. NBC... And I, I was saying in the last pod to Pierce, what other fucking sports are on NBC? It's literally just like it's literally all stuff. It's all stuff. I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's all stuff that old white men watch. It's literally the it's old white men sports. channel. Yeah, exactly. And you're stuck there, and now you're in the big leagues. Yeah, I and, cannot. And it's not like they're gonna get the back seat. Like it's they've already said they're gonna have Wednesday night, Saturday night, and or I think it's Wednesday night. Maybe it's Saturday or Sunday. And then yeah. having those is like hockey. I, this is right. something I won't take opinions on. Either it, it is only good for the sport. It's only good for the sport. And there's no other. There's not a single way this can go bad unless by some stupid reason, Batman goes into a lockout before this deal can go into place. Because no. then that's going to ruin. But, but I think uh, we already agreed. Like the fact, like, I gotta take Gary Batman no, they that did. That dude is bringing in a billion dollars of revenue for the NHL next year. Just I from think... Seattle and this TV deal alone. I think the CBA is signed for two more years or something like that. No, that CBA is going to like 2026, 2027. Yeah. Like that, there are so many ways they can extend that to go. Like, Jimmy, when I graduated college, yeah. I had to do like a giant paper on like I remember every sport this. COVID. I had 15 pages on the NHL CBA because it's like the most interesting <laughs> thing with the way that they could just kind yeah. of veto it after two years. They can extend it after three years. The way they're allocating money through like signing bonuses and stuff, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, it's a fun fucking league, isn't it? <laughs> and by fun, I mean insanely frustrating and confusing. And man, there's a lot to talk about. See, Dangle say, I can't wait to like the NHL when the sport's done being made. Because it's not done. <laughs> being made. It's like, Dude, seriously, they're always it, in it, construction. It, 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 yeah. And I don't know. They always want to be like one of the main competing sports. They're on the right path now, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You're like the like, NHL is literally the going international. Like, babe, I'll be better. I promise. Like <laughs> they're signing with ESPN. They're actually about. allowing their stars to go to the Olympics, which I'm going to just say it. It's going to be the most star-studded Olympics in the last 20 years. Like the U.S. Yes. is going to be a oh top three God. team. Mm-hmm. Russia is going to be nuts. Finland's going to be ridiculous. Sweden's going to be great. Canada's <laughs> offense is going to be Harlem Globetrotters esque. Czech's going to be good. Like, Germany's going to be good. Yeah. Like, like McDavid just McDavid and Crosby. Oh my God. Team. I mean, oh that, my that's, God. Just, that's historic, dude. There. It's going to be crazy. Like Matthews is going to get to play with Kane on the top line for the U.S. Like, when was the last time the U.S. had that much talent on their top line? And then, and the Jets, like, our top three centers are going to be Matthews, Eichel, and Hughes. Gross. No, listen, and listen, listen, the defense, listen, listen. And then the goalies are Hellebuck and Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> Holy shit, wait, wait, U.S. has, wait, USA has the two best goalies in the league. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, no. Like, we're I didn't so, even like, realize. We don't <laughs> at least get silver. It's a joke this next year. You know what? Like, USA had a long history of good goaltending. I just, what the fuck? Yeah. Quick. Well, I mean, and Jim Crabb, they're like, oh, man, Canada's goaltending is a question mark, which is huge. Like, which is weird, too. Um, Carey Price is on the downturn. You know, the fact that Jordan Bennington is predicted to be their starter right now. You know what blows I, my I, mind? I just don't know. I, think, I just think that's a bad prediction. So I think Flurry, Blackwood, or Hart would. I think that. I think that. 
Blackwood, I think I those think could be their oh, black dude. No, I could see a Blackwood like Kevin Lankinen kind of run. Just mm-hmm. steal the show. I could totally see a Kevin. Or Kevin Blackwood. Even, Carter, even, I have even Flurry. Even Flurry. Here, but Flurry. Flurry. Yeah, I could see Flurry. Because like I remember people were saying like you can't go off of the past. You got to go off what you've seen since the pandemic has happened. Because like Flurry, stuff all up matters is how they played the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. What have you done lately, kind of league? You know? And yeah, I, you know what blows my mind is always is that Russia doesn't have like insane goaltending. No, they they do. I mean, they have good goaltending. I mean, no, that's like ten years. That's They just you can there's there's like they're gonna have goalies this year. There's there's Russian goaltenders. The thing with Russia is their defensemen aren't the best. That's always I mean. I mean, before like, before like, yeah, um, but like, I mean, like the Bobrovsky era, like there was a, there was like a 10 year span where Bobrovsky and Varlamov were the best oh, Russian goaltenders and they were just really good, but yeah. too on the Rangers. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I mean, like his, I mean, like before that, but yeah, right now, oh, yeah, right yeah. now, this wave is just like, yeah, no, right now it's insane. You got Vasilevsky, Sorokin, Shesterkin. Who's the other one? Valamov is really. No, right now they're just insane. Like this is what when I think of Russia and the stereotype of like, you know, Mother Russia, you know, and all this like, you know, like the fucking Kuznetsov going, I don't care that I have COVID. I'm Russian. Like that mindset. This is exa- that mindset is literally all their goaltending right now. Like they're just over. They're OP. They're OP. They're insane. Literally those Shisterkin, Sorokin. Um, Askarov and Vasilevsky could easily beat the top four goaltenders in the NHL in one year. That is very oh, yeah. possible. It's very possible. It's I'm just un- thinking just, how good oh. Finland's gonna be, man. Holy shit! Who? Finland. Oh yeah. Oh Lundell. Every, like Finland was already good in 2014, but now they get all this young talent. They're gonna get Line Finland's A. They're gonna get Barkov. Actually... They're gonna get Aho. They're gonna yes, get Rottenen. I, I think oh Brad, Brad Lambert will be on that team. In a, in a yeah, maybe. well, I could see Lambert as a fourth liner, 100%. Yeah. Heiskanen. Who's, who's their goalie? Oh, my God. Who's their goalie? I'd say Rask is their goalie. Rask? He might retire yeah, I'd, I'd this say, year, I'd probably though. say Rask is going to be the goalie. And then yeah. I think Lankanen will be on that Lankanen, what am I even talking about? It, there's three. no way they're bringing Rene as a 40-year-old to no, no. There's not a chance of Maybe Saros? Nah, Saros. Well, you, you take oh, Lincoln over Saros. Other anyway. finished goalies in the league. Ka- Koskinen. That's the thing. Kapokakinen. Kapokakinen. Corpusalo, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, Corpusalo. Oh, no, 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 no. Corpusalo and Kakinen could easily be their one, two. Lankinen could be their three. Or and Lankinen could be better than Kakinen. Still grass too. So like, well, yeah, they're not grass. Keep fucking up his name. I keep going Kako Kapinen. I can't get that man's name right. Kapokakinen. Capco Kakpanen, yes. Cap- Captain Kakpanen. No, that's that's the podcast and name. Capco Kakpanen. Because it's going to be a mix of young and old. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you'll have guys like oh. Carlson, you'll have guys like Backstrom, but Dude. then you're going to have all these young guys. Like, Sweden is going to be Lucas Raymond Olympic run? Question mark exclamation point. I can see that too. <laughs> Especially like, like, because I I totally see Lucas Raymond in the NHL next year. Mm-hmm. He's making an impact early in the NHL. He's going to get a bid, hundred yeah. percent. And then oh, guys like William Nylander, too, on that team. Yep. 
Um, oh my god, I need to uh, see what's in the in the Olympics, man. Lindholm will be Dude. on the team. Hey, got... This is time. This is time for Marcus Kruger to shine that fourth line role, man. This is time, yeah. time for Kruger to get that fourth line, uh, that, that fourth line role, that shutdown role, baby. I, I think they'll still oh, yeah. probably try to bring in Darlene for the Olympics too. Nah, they'll bring in Adam Lindquist for upside. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, Darlene, dude, if he keeps Marcus playing the way he's playing for the next year, it wouldn't even surprise me. Like, yeah. if he's even a taxi squad. Like, mm-hmm. not, not, yeah, no, that's that's not bad at all. It's not bad. The one prediction thing I'm all. still most excited for is because, like, the U.S. team's going to be deep, and then they're going to have the Kachuk brothers just to piss everyone off. Oh, dude, man. the third or fourth line with Kachuk brothers just punching the shit out of Russian, punching those Russian comedies. I kind of just want them to run the Kachuks in the top six. Like, you run Kachuk, yeah. Matthews, Kane, Brady, Kachuk, Jack Eichel, Brock Bassett. <laughs> bad reaction, like, yeah. Because oh then you have like, all this skill, and then you have two guys you can beat the shit out of anyone. Dude, this is going to be the most I mean, like if you have like guys that can piss you off for an entire game for which is huge in like small tournaments. Oh yeah, and the fact <laughs> that they can score too. It's not like yeah, that's their exactly. only thing. Like they're super talented. Like, and then you have, you have the Kachuk brothers, you have the Hughes brothers. I mean, yeah. I can't wait for you old white men to just be like like a fourth liner. Like, it's going to be fantastic when like the old white men pop nice. out. When it starts, mm-hmm. and they'll probably like, have the best defense too. Because Slavin McAvoy is going to be nasty as the top pair. Then you're going to have, uh, yeah, you'll have oh, Quinn. I mean, you're probably going to have a guy like Suter make the team still. Just because they're going to want. Be I mean, God, I hope John doesn't make it, but he's going, dude. He sucks defensively, though. He's been, he's become Gustafson. Yeah, Ben, he's become like Eric Gustafson level of defensively bad. It just brain. I forget, um, I would say Jones of Orwenski, but they like if, if, if they bounce they back this season. Yeah, if they bounce yeah. back, I could definitely see Seth Jones or Orwenski on the team. I love Orwenski. But... I hope he makes it. I'm a huge Orwenski guy. Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor is going to destroy yeah, Kyle world. Connor's yeah. going to be like a third liner on that. Alex Debrinkin. Alex Debrinkin. Exactly. Brandon like a, like imagine a third good. line of Jack Hughes, Kyle Connor, and Alex Debrinkin. Oh <laughs> as, as a third line. Pavelski. Third line. Like, like, like that, you could line put Pacioretty, Pavelski, Honestly, Captain Kane? Oh, 100%. Yeah, if they get if they bring Pavelski and make him captain, I'm going to be pissed. Pavelski won't be the captain if he's brought in. I guarantee yeah. it. I, like, Kane's been the captain at Worlds for the last four years. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Yeah, that's why I'm hoping that that continues. Well, honestly, like, man. If you're going to bring in an old guy. Can't wait for Jack Kane sort of captain serious. It's funny. He's he's sort of become that for this team. It's great. Um, Kane's team right now. Yeah. Team. I, Not in the scene, when Taves comes back, a question mark exclamation point. Very big question. Trouble hitting, in the locker up. room. What? <laughs> <laughs> you put the red circle in the arrow, man. You gotta really. One of them's it. gonna get traded for Casey Middlestat in a second. <laughs> what? Shut the fuck up. Ever yeah, since someone, ever since someone said Kane for Middlestat, I was like, it makes too much sense. I hate it. I'm like, shut up. I'm sorry. If we trade Kane to the Sabers, Cousins, like their goalie and a first is coming back minimum. Because you're getting a first. dude who's winning everything. the MVP this year for three more years. Like, sorry. We're getting a King's <laughs> ransom for that motherfucker if he gets traded. Yeah. 
And like, you know what? They won't fucking do it. I, Bowman, I just no, I know they won't do it. Do Bowman knows if he does it, he's just asking for his death. Wish. He literally no. He literally said after he signed them, he's like, I told them they are never going to be traded. He's like, they're yeah. not. I'm not trading these players. No, he can't. I mean, the only can. way I can see Can getting traded is if Bowman gets fired and a new GM comes in and he's like, all right, I want to just go full rebuild. I'm trading. Bowman. Yeah, and Kane's like, hey, just get, you know, try to get me to Buffalo. That's where I want to play. You know, if I'm going to get traded, I want to go there. I don't put me on Colorado. I, I oh think, no, no, no! Oh, we know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Kane can play for a while because, like, I mean, Kane's playing until he's forty. Like, no, I think forty-four, he's fifty. He's, he's the he only player that style to where he's 50. so energy conserving and he doesn't take hits. He doesn't like put his body in harm's way. And he's been getting better too. Like, this is <laughs> he's aging like fine wine, bro. It's crazy. That's the thing. Like, he's hitting his peak now in his thirteenth season. It's insane. Like. Most people hit their peak when they're like 27. He's like, nah, I'm hitting mine when I'm 30. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, Hart in 2016. This is as good as it'll get, right? Gets 110 points, and he's still the third leading scorer in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was a silly year, man. Kucherov had 128 points, and then yeah. McDavid had well, like. I thought it would have had a hun- like 130 he last year. Like 50 goals, and no one talked about it that year. <laughs> it yeah, he had 50 goals and 100 points. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, that was a wacky year for offense. Like Debrinket was top ten in goal scoring and points, or not points, goal scoring. Mm-hmm. Like there were like twelve forty goal scorers that year, I think. Yeah, it was it was insane. What year was this? 2018, 2019. 2019. Basically, the Hawks offense. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, Taves was a point per game too. Basically, Taves at eighty five points. You know, and the big thing is eighty one and eighty two. What makes me so happy is that after twenty seventeen eighteen, Kane had a. Kane had like a, you know, we had like a 76 point season. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Kane, you know, he's like, everyone thought, you know, oh, he's starting to slow down. And then the big thing was, oh, we're not going to see Kane and Matthews, Kane in his prime with Matthews. And now fast forward three years later, we're on the, we're on the cusp of Kane being even better than he ever was with Matthews, who is leading the league in goal scoring at this moment. That duo is going to be on hand with one hand. Doing the Tyler Johnson, doing the Tyler Johnson leading also, the league. Like, also, the fact that for talking, going back to the Olympics and the international stuff, like the U.S. is most likely going to have two hard candidates on their team. Honestly, like, yeah, is it Kane K- Matthews? Yeah, this year on their team. Yeah, in 2022 in Beijing. Because I mean, it's, it's just like, like let, let's 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 not get this twisted. Like, we don't need to do any galaxy braining. Like, Connor McDavid is going to win the heart. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, like, yeah. It's not happening unless, like, some Kane's like three points a game in the last twenty games of the no, season. If, unless, like, somehow led. Unless he gets injured, yeah. like Crosby got injured. Yeah. Then McDavid's like, running the heart. McDavid's yeah. getting a hundred points this year in a fifty-six game season. Yeah. Like, we need. We do realize that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I God, just can't wait for the Olympics. He's I can't on wait to watch. For Ninety-eight points right now. I can't wait for the Canuck, the Kachucks to just he fucking. Had like a three-game pointless streak. Like, <laughs> you guys excited to watch the Kachucks punch commies and make old white men happy? It's gonna be oh, fantastic. Yeah. Make- I can't wait for the xenophobia and the nationalism. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, and then Brad yeah. Marchand's gonna lick Brady Kachuk, and all hell's gonna break. <laughs> so, okay, something I want to see so badly for Team Canada. I want to see the Nova Scotia line. I want to see Connor McDavid, or no, I want to see Sidney Crosby centering Nathan McKinnon and Brad Marchand. Oh my god! <laughs> I completely forgot that Nathan. The fact that I go. McKinnon Crosby and then McKinnon is 
terrifying. Mm-hmm. If you can put those three on a line, you can go like, dude, Crosby, Bars, like, McDavid, McKinnon. Connor McDavid and Matt Barzell on a line. David Barzell speed. You know, we talk about stack this USA team is, and then we just look at Canada, and it's like, oh, you know, Canada, <laughs> you know. This is why we're better than Canada. They don't have a goalie. They, they actually don't have a goalie unless it's Blackwood. And yes. then their defense is – What about Braden Holtby? Shot. But <laughs> – and, and think about America it, like, punches people. Be like, America punches like, people, dude. Kachuk's going to beat the shit out of Crosby. I can't wait for Kachuk to just like nut tap like three different players in a shift and then scream like USA, USA. Also, what we are forgetting too is that the United States and Canada will be in the same round robin group as Team China. Team China's oh. playing? Yeah. Well, I'd hope so. No way. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this like confirmed? That's why there was Team Korea in 2018 <sighs> and Team Russia in 2014. That's rough. Um, uh, that's really fucking rough. Hey, why don't you get gutted by so Austin Matthews? The team that like, beats them 16 to three and then there's going to be negative goals for Team China. Like again, like Connor McDavid is going to be playing against Team China. Sidney Crosby <laughs> is going to be playing. Against He's team going China. to score six goals. He's going to score six goals. More ice to work with too because it's international. Like, so do I forget, do the round robins count for points? Yeah, like like do you count the point totals as oh, players? Yeah. yeah. Like there there like there is going to be a thirty nothing game. It's actually like oh my god! Oh, no, god. that's like it's like and it sounds like we're being mean, but like dude. No. I feel so, awful. Whatever the thing is, too, is like with even their fourth line. As like, as as much as much as it's gonna suck for Team China to like have to endure that, but like think about how good that's gonna be for the national program. Just having oh, yeah. the exposure at the Olympic level and like just getting experience, like yeah, playing. Now like, gonna be, oh, yeah, there's gonna be twenty three Chinese players who are gonna be able to say, "Yeah, I played against you know Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, etc." Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. Oh, it's it's, it's only going to be better for the league. Holy it's just God. like yeah. people are going to look at that game when like Canada and U.S. play China, and they're just going to be like, "Well, they don't deserve shit because they're going to beat the crap out of them." And it's going to be, and they are. It's going to be ugly. But like, that's <laughs> only going to like, in my opinion, that's just going to make a bunch of kids right now be like, "All right, cool. I'm going to become the best player in my country, and in eight years, yeah. I'm kick your ass." I'm like, going to beat the shit out of you. I mean, there's like, dude. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, there's 7.8 billion on Earth. There's 7.8 billion people on Earth, and seven billion of them are from China. So I mean, like you know, just get get the game going there, dude. There's gonna be yeah, so be many Chinese hockey player villain origin stories from watching Connor <laughs> McDavid in that. It's gonna be like game. Stanley's Cup from South Park. It's literally what it's gonna be like. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking kids go play the Red Wings. Oh my God, man! Like I, McDavid. Like I'm not even like. I don't want to laugh at China. It's more just how awful and ridiculous oh, it is. I feel bad. Like McDavid yeah, is going to like, gut that team, and he has he can have McKinnon on his wing. McDavid and McKinnon are going to be on the same line. Like no, holy. But, like, but what you were saying earlier, Ben, like we need to get the right matchups there. If you put the two most stat- talented teams up against the like national team. Yeah, that's how you get eyes on the product internationally. Fantastic exactly. point, yeah. Because like, you're, like that'll make an ESPN highlight reel. Oh, Team Canada <laughs> beats China twenty-four to nothing in a game. Connor McDavid with seven goals, nine assists. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 like,
Connor McDavid, fifteen point game. Well, he's yeah. actually gonna have. He's actually gonna have a fifteen point game. I'm, no, like, like, I'm serious. There's he's gonna, gonna be like do three guys on the like, for that. Game. Austin Matthews scores ten Austin. goals in a game. Alex Ovechkin completes the Ovechkin. From the Ovechkin. Yes, that's the one I want now. That's the one I want. I want the Ovechkin. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. That's a hot stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, Brady Kachuk is going to, like, nut-tap three different people, slam the puck in the net, go, yeah, America, and the Eagle's going to fly, like, through the arena, crash in and fly around. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, it's just – it's just – it's going to be good. Like, there there are zero downsides for every nation involved to have Olympic hockey with NHL players. It's always good for the league. It's always yeah. good for the league. It's always good for the Olympics. It's I mean, always like, I'm just thinking good for the sport, but it's going to be good for the, it's going to be great for the league too. I mean, it's always oh, good yeah. to have like your best players in that big of a like arena. You're showcasing your best talent. Like mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. the best time to do it because like, like there's going to be that general casual audience for the Olympics that mm-hmm. only watches the Olympics. That's the only time they care about hockey. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the most talented those Olympic teams have been in the last three Olympics, probably. Yeah, this, like, yeah, this, this is the most school the NHL has ever been. These are going to be the best teams that have ever been in the Olympics. Yeah, because like, look at 2014. Jack Johnson was on our Olympic team. Olympic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was on our Olympic team. <sighs> like, we can yeah. do better, guys. Like, mm-hmm. Ryan Callahan and fucking, what was his face? Brandon Dubinsky. We're on our World Cup team in 2016. We have gotten so much farther. It's incredible. In four years. In four years. Four I mean, years. Because we've, had, we've had, two, had two first overall picks in four years. And then, you know, Eichel the year before that. And also, the whole 2019 <laughs> draft class is going to fuel Team USA hockey for the next decade. You still got guys like Cam York who haven't even touched mm-hmm. the NHL yet. You know, Spencer Knight. Like, Spencer Knight. Spencer left our podcast. I'll be honest. Like, I think we'll medal this year. Like, I don't know if we'll get gold. I'll be happy if we get gold. But I, I, I will bet a lot of yes. money right now that in Italy, in 2026, the Team USA will win gold. Flat out. all of those guys will be in their prime. Mm-hmm. Like. You could still have a guy on like Kane on there, just you know, like being there as like veteran leadership. No, I think Kane's still gonna be really fucking good. Like, I think he's still gonna be really fucking good. I mean, he'll be but like you, you look at like Joe Thornton in like 2016 where he was 36 and he put up 82 points in it. For, like, <laughs> Joe Thornton's incredible, man. Wait, yeah. hold up, he put 82 points up in 2016. Yeah, like when, when they went, yeah, when they the shark, the shark, dude. Age was one. That was back when Pavelski was potting 40 a year. Yeah. I'm mad that I ever disliked Thornton as a Hawks fan, even when they had the rivalries. Like, he's literally just like yeah, this shit. Thornton was a little bitch boy when we used to play him with Taves. That's why everyone hates but, him. But then he grew a beard. That's <laughs> true. Beard. That's that true. Good it's point. So true, My favorite thing was when he didn't score a goal for like 40 games or something, and he just like whipped one over Rask, and we're like, oh, hey, good for him. <laughs> Yeah, he, also, had, yeah. he had 43 assists the same year. Like, he's so good. 12 points in 19 games this year, even though he's in a Mickey Mouse uh, division. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, still, I mean, at, 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 like, he, like, he's, he's going to be exactly he's gonna what be Kane could be. This year, he's, he's, he's a 79. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Canada Day 79 is when he was born. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're saying we're always talking about you know he's a 99 this guy's a 99 he's a fucking 79 yeah dude there are rookies that were not born when joe thornton and zidane O'Char were in the league like yeah. like the number one pick like joe thornton when he was born joe thornton was in the league for four years already yeah, yeah. like because like i'm pretty sure this was the oh one draft class or the oh two draft class so yeah, uh, yeah this was this yeah. was the, yeah no, yeah. Kershaw, Philip Kershaw was born while he was suiting up for the uh, first his first angel season. <laughs> like he might have played his first game already that year. Like that's it's man. incredible how and he's mm-hmm. still playing at an elite level. I, yeah, level. I would. I think you're perfect. I think that's perfect comparison. Kane being like the Thornton. Well, uh, I, I forgot the word. I think Italy, I think Italy, 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 Italy be 2024 for Team Finland in 2014 for that 2016. Yeah. But Wouldn't the next Olympics be 2024? No. No, no, because 2022. Oh, okay, Every four okay. years, Jumbo. Yeah, because, I mean, just, yeah, the, pandem- the pandemic delayed the, the summer ones. Oh, year. that's, okay, see, that's what I was missing, yeah. That's what I was missing. Yeah. Oh, my God, I can't wait for this yeah. shit. Yeah, 2026, Milano Cortina. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be awesome. Especially, oh, I really want to see a good team Italy. Like, because I right? feel... Like, so easily, Great Britain, France, and Italy can have phenomenal hockey teams. They but just, we just don't go there with our game. Because we got yeah, to just, just have, push. like, a they have, like, a third league that's in England. Like, that's yeah. it. Like, they, they, they have the elite ice hockey league in uh, England. They have the league, Magnus, and France. And then they have, like, the Alps hockey league, which is, like, where all the good Italian teams are. Yeah. Like, just you push so hard easily, and... like, put... Put Columbus, give Columbus like two games in Paris every year so that Alex Texier can do his thing over there. Perfect. Like, like, like Columbus, Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Or Antoine Roussel. Or, or, or um, yeah. Col- no, Columbus, Colorado with Pierre Edward Belmar versus Alex oh. Texier. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, and they could go around France, too. Like, I mean, there's like just having games in Paris. Like, that'd be huge. And games in London. Like, you don't even need to put, you know, like Liam yeah, Kirk and Coyote. The NFL, man. London. Like, yeah. Having games in London. Like, like, there are so many fans that go to those NFL games every year at Wembley and stuff. Like, NHL like, needs to tap into that market. Like, like put exactly. like, there's so many, there's so many people over there. Like, and also use the momentum of Great Britain being in the top division of the world championships. Yeah. Put, like, even put, like, the Blackhawks in there. Or, like, just, like, so, like, a team with a lot of talent. Like, do like do like Rangers like Rangers Kings in yeah, yeah. in London, or yeah. like even do like um you could just do like a Cup Finals rematch. Go put like Dallas or like like Boston St Louis would be perfect for something yes. like that. Oh, that oh my God, God. Dude, Boston like, had a parade when they lost. You know they're pissed off still. Yeah, Such Boston a- St Louis in London. Give me Boston St Louis in London. Give me give me uh what did I say Ra- Rangers Kings in Paris. Mm-hmm. Dude. And, then can, and then you can do games in like Turin. You have Hedlund standing on the bench to stream players for Italy. And like you can like, there's so many options. Like there's so many opportunities. And, and those, those are just three countries too. I mean, like think about Poland too. Like there's so many people. There's there's I think Poland has a population of 38 million. And, and they there's, just there's a lot of big cities yeah. like right by the Czech Republic over there. So you put you know, give me David Pasternak v. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, the I, Flyers. I, I love this, dude. Like I yeah, said, say, yeah. G- give me, give me, give me Flyers, Boston, and 
in Warsaw. The prospect and of this NHL moving to ESPN is like my will to live. Like this is everything mm-hmm. I'm hoping for in the future. The fact that I can be alive while this can be happening, mm-hmm. like genuinely makes me happy as a fan. It's I know I know you guys agree on that. It's awesome. Oh yeah, no, like we're about to see the game grow exponentially mm-hmm. with, we, the, with the strides that they are taking. Because like it took them ten years to figure it out after all mm-hmm. this, but they're starting to figure it out now, and they're turning the leaf on everything. Well, we grew up. We grew up with them being in the like the middle of this hockey culture bullshit. It's mm-hmm. hype. And now we're seeing it completely like – not completely. I shouldn't say completely. That's the point. They're taking a complete turn in where they're moving towards, and they're slowly getting there, and they're actually making the moves to get there. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, like it's I said, nice to watch. they're like the ex. It's like, babe, I swear I've changed. And, you know, unfortunately, we love hockey. We take them back every season, and we watch them. But finally, they, they're starting to treat us well, and we're here for it completely. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I got to cut the podcast we've uh, – it's been about two and a half hours, but I see that as fantastic conversation. That's a good damn mm-hmm. podcast. So, honestly, guys, one of my favorite podcasts, I'll say it. Like, great stuff. I loved having you on, my boys. And we'll definitely have you back on again. Pierce and I will definitely have you guys back on. Maybe even just both of you at once because this is fantastic. Yeah, this yeah is no, this man. is fun. This is yeah, awesome. A good time. Yeah, so. Um, great to we, talk shop about the sport we love. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, what else are podcasts for, my friend? So, we, we do this little, you know, the lightning round thing we ask guests. So I just want to do it because I know you guys, but I want to do it for the fun of the, the uh, three listeners I have and just because why the fuck not. All right. Bill and I talk about these all the time with you, but favorite movie or movies? Uh, that's tough. Uh, exactly. Uh, all time Jurassic Park is still my really? Just because of what they brought to the table in terms of like CGI and visual mm-hmm. effects and whatnot. It's like, it's still incredible what they did back then like steven spielberg set the curve for all the movies that we like today in terms of visual effects and cgi with the dinosaurs and stuff so i'd probably say that one still is my like not only because i know i know uh let's say i know i know you with movies in general but i did not know that was your favorite yeah that's that's actually really cool yeah yeah like that really did change the uh it changed everything really i mean (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't happen. You don't get an Avengers Endgame with no, like, entire like CGI you fight. Get, yeah, you don't get the Star Wars prequels. You don't get yeah. like don't get the Dark well, Knight trilogy. Oh no, we don't get the Star Wars prequels. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, not the Phantom Menace going away. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that. Um, uh, there's a. I know a couple, and they know another couple, and the one I know. They, they know Star Wars. They love Star Wars. But the other one, they're introducing them to it. They know nothing about the story. And so we're watching Phantom Menace. And I'm like, man, like I was dumb as a kid. This shit sucks. <laughs> this is not good. This is not a good movie. And like, Attack of the Clones. Five. It's is... like when you're five, you like seeing flashing dude. lights. Yeah. Dude, Wizard like, I skipped to the Dark like, come on. It's, it's, Literally it's all the talk. Kid. It's the talk goes through my brain. I'm like, uh, politics, uh, and then, Train. oh, yeah. Oh, fighting Darth Maul. Woo. Yeah, it's, yeah. Best song ever. Best fight in all of Star Wars. You know, it turns on, like I said, it turns on your little lizard brain and that's fine. <laughs> and Attack of the Clones is just a movie, I guess. Let's just not talk uh, about Attack of the Clones. Oh, we don't talk about it. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> okay. But yeah, without Spielberg, you don't get ones as good as this. So yeah, that's. I'm going to rewatch Jurassic Park soon. Fuck it, I'm going to do that now. Belchy, Belchy, Belchy. Uh, what is your favorite movie? I've never asked you this. I don't, okay. 
I'll, I'll give you my top three off the top of my head. So, Star Wars Episode Eight, no explanation. Yeah. Ex Machina <laughs> and Battle Ex Machina Trump. is so good. Yes. Respect it. Yeah. What was your third belt? Sorry, yeah, my, my ear was cut off. It's a Coen Brothers movie on Netflix. Oh, no, no. You told me about this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know. I, I just enjoy it. Like, it's like, I don't know. It just, it's just, it's nice to see. I like the visuals of, you know, like the Old West and stuff, too. It is, but it's not like a cowboy movie. Yeah. It, it goes a little bit more than that. But, yeah. I, yeah. I heard fantastic things about Ballad. Um, we were just talking about Coen Brothers before the, before yeah, the show, too. Yeah. yeah. It, oh my god, I've not seen any of their work, but I, all I've heard is just they're nothing but bangers. Yeah. Um, but X Machina, did I didn't I introduce you to that? You did, you did. You it told me so at last year because I was like, Jimmy, what movie should I watch? And you were like, X Machina, and I was like, okay. So I watched it and I was like, <laughs> yo, yeah, this shit's pretty good. Yeah, I know oh, yeah. Ben, you're very like into philosophy and shit. And I was like, you know, I, I like to fuck with that too. And I was like, this is exactly what you would want. Like this is exactly yeah. this is the shit you would want in a movie. And it's it's up there in my top five. Um Ooh, and- also Zodiac for me. I love that movie. Dude, so- I love the movie Zodiac. Like that yes. I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Most of the stuff he's in, I'm gonna enjoy, but like the way Dude, that Fincher. movie plays out and just like mm-hmm. I love it. It's just like it's, it's like it, a, it gives like a very definite answer to a question to an open question. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who is a Zodiac killer? And it's like it's him, but it's like you don't know. But it's like it's definitely oh. him. And it's like it leaves you satisfied <laughs> with the mystery remains intact. It's Which, like yeah. the Garfield <laughs> picture. I, hmm, I wonder who that's for. A story like that. <laughs> oh, dude! Like the final it, scene is it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah story like oh man david so fincher man shout out david fincher. Fincher. dude david fincher my boy yes what was that then i said shout out jimmy simpson uh i don't know if <laughs> yes i don't know if any of you three listeners are big psych fans but he's he's on the show psych which i'm a big fan yeah. of and he's got a small role on there but yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good show big things that i like seeing them in like little roles in movies is just like mm-hmm. it's like this weird little serotonin boost i love yeah. that shit uh yeah no, yeah. If you, I have to say, anybody listening to this, and you guys, you like, uh, you like Ex Machina, Alex Garland, go watch Devs. Please watch Devs, but don't do it when you're like feeling like shit. Is that is is the most? It is literally just like an existential experience. It's insane. Like I can't put it in there. Like Alex Garland, I'm a little terrified for what he does in his free time and like his mental state because holy shit, that thing is just like it, it's it. it it, it takes you every place you never thought you could go with existence and everything and yada yada. This is a hockey podcast, anyways. Um, that, okay, this slowest is the, lightning round. Slowest ever lightning round. Let's go. Hey. All right, is- lightning round. Okay, okay. What is okay. the next question? All right, so <laughs> next one. Okay, favorite favorite band, favorite artist, favorite song. Either one, anything you want. Go crazy with uh with music. Uh, bands. It's like probably like back in the day, it was definitely Chris Daughtry. Then it was oh, yes. NF. NF yes. right now is probably my favorite, though. I'd really, say. Yeah. He's he's solid as fuck, yeah. yeah. He's real solid. I like Chris Daughtry was literally just like the young white boy growing up with Bionicles and Legos. Oh, dude. yeah. He was literally like stapled for that. I can say that from experience. That's literally oh, what he was. Him and like yeah. All American Rejects. Those are like oh, the two that are in the Bionicle commercials. Oh, dude, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You know the vibe. You know the vibe, man. <laughs> I remember sitting on my, my desktop watching those over and over. Oh, my God. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So you said bands. What's like your favorite song? Like just all like, what's your go-to song all time? I don't have one, honestly. Really? What would uh, you pick from? I mean, like, if I'm in the right mood, Mr. Blue Sky is always good. But like, yeah, I gotta be in the mood. For it. I I really gotta be in a mood for it. Dude, running down the highway playing Mr. Blue Sky is a very special mm-hmm. experience. That or Lakeshore Drive, and you do that. That's good. Oh, <laughs> Guardians Two changed my life, dude. It's dude, Guardians Two soundtrack is so fucking good. Like, I won't even hear like arguments on it. It's I don't, I don't know if it's a hot take, but Guardian Two is over Guardian One. Oh, dude, it's no. just so, like you the get first something thing was a hot take. Like, I like I, both of them are like my favorite mm-hmm. piece of like Marvel that they've created because mm-hmm. you could just tell there's so much love in those movies, but like. Mm-hmm. That second one's good, but man, it's depressing. Like it is. I know it's perfect. That's like, why I like it. It's like, would you live like forever as a god or die with the people you love? Yeah, it's it's such a good like story, it and it's about like like finding like your actual family and stuff. Yeah. It's really good. I love how I'm watching it. I'm just Gunn, watching man. this stupid ass movie. This this fucking god is holding his his stupid ass son, and like his he's just he just was Pac Man like five minutes ago, and I'm like. This means something. It's a god. It's yeah, like, son. Like, <laughs> that's how good of a movie it is. James Gunn right. enough credit. Like, it brings the pretentious movies, asshole out of me. Those movies from like a lizard good. brain point of view could be the dumbest thing you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. But if you actually listen to what those characters are saying and you look at the themes that he's trying to perform and the, like the backstory that's of some of these characters, it Guardians is way one. deeper than anything else that Marvel has dropped. Like, Guardians One is fun if you're just like oh, I want to put a you know just like not that it's dumb, Guardians but like, One you could can... stand alone if it didn't have the Marvel name on it. I firmly believe that yeah. it would just be oh, a really know. good, a really good space. I think no, I think it stands alone on its own. On, on its own, I think it could do that anyways. Like it, it yeah. can be a standalone movie. So can Guardians Two. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I feel like with Guardians, as great as it is, what it also does well, it has a lot of action. You know, it moves fast and all that. You know, it does enough with its characters to make you feel, you know, like to invest you in everything. And it's perfect at doing that. Guardians 2, though, it slows itself down for those character moments. And not everybody's going to like that. It's sort of like, you know what it reminds me of? Justice League, but shorter. In the way that it paces itself. Mm-hmm. It's like a mini version of that. And I love that. Yeah. Every character gets their own, like, quiet moment, which yeah. is nice. And, and some people just aren't for that. Like most people want to see a blockbuster. They just want like, you know, like they just want shit to happen. And that's all good. And, it's all, you yeah, know, it's fine. fine. It's wrong with that. But like, it's just not that movie. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love it. That's why, you know, we all fucking love it. Yeah. So all I'm saying with my 10 minute tangent is go fucking watch that movie. Or really, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing with your life, man. Seriously. But um, uh, so now to you, Belchie. I've talked to you a little bit about music, but I want to hear oh, what would be yeah. like your favorite Favorite again, favorite band, favorite artist, favorite song, whatever you want, but just go whatever I mean, you want. I, like, I could, I could, I could talk about music for hours and like, but I, I won't. Oh, I so if you want me, I will. No, no <laughs> doubt. Um, I'd say 100% my favorite uh, artist is Boney Vare because I am indeed a sad boy. I'm wearing flannel right now. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. <laughs> Um, you, need, you, got your, you got the laptop too and the glasses. Yeah. And a beanie. Yeah. Uh, so some, other, some other bands I really enjoy: Vampire Weekend, Hosier, Young the Giant, The Strokes. So um, and then also a band that I've been listening to a lot lately, which is you know very different from what I just said, is Rage Against the Machine. Like, oh, yeah. like just just feed that into <laughs> my veins, feed that into my ears. 
the current yeah. state of America is made for. Yeah, exactly. Like, listen to Ray Dance yeah. the Machine all day. Yeah, right to my veins, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but like, you, oh, you like, have not it's so it's so good in so many ways. Oh yeah. Oh, like I guess to answer the question about like songs and stuff, like in general, my favorite song is. Uh, Eight Circle by Bon Iver. It's on like his album Twenty Two Million, the one with all the numbers. That was a big meme around the time XA Dash Twelve was born. It was like you know Elon Musk, you know baby name list, and it was the album track list. Um, but that whole album is amazing. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. album. Uh, but then probably from Rage, and probably um, I mean Killing in the Name, one hundred percent. Bomb Track, uh, Down Rodeo. Uh, I mean, just a, a bunch of, like, literally, like, I mean, all their songs sound the same, but they're different, and they're all so good. Yeah. Man, fuck, I'm gonna get off, I'm gonna get done with this, and I'm gonna blast, I'm just gonna blast Rage Against the Machine and just Dude, do some like, shit I needed to do yesterday. Fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's so, it's so good. Choices, man. Bony Vare is it's so underrated, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you introduced me to his shit, and I'm like, man, this is, like, the kind of stuff where, like, it's not made to be popular, and that's why it's good. Yeah. That's that's how it's good. Mm-hmm. Love that shit. Oh, so I have one last question. It's the most important, and that's uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Go crazy. Uh, I have a specific answer. Yes, but it has to be well done. It, I like. Yes. I can eat pineapple on pizza, but that pizza needs to be well done. Like it cannot, because like I don't know what it is to pineapple on pizza. If they don't cook it properly, the whole pizza is gonna be doughy and it's gross. And there's but pineapple it on it too. Like, like thin crust and it's well done, and like you can actually see that the pineapple cooked and the cheese is cooked. Like it's not this bad. is the best answer. <laughs> most articulate answer i've gotten and it's no it's because right. i used to not it's like pineapple right. on pizza it's and then right, i finally though. tried one that i liked and that's how i like it so i won't order it but like if it's there i'll have it so that's that's i completely agree completely agree i always fuck with people i'm like oh you're gross but like that's actually the right answer that's the right answer all right belchie you got the yeah, table it's just gotta be one I, honestly I, after that i don't know if i deserve to answer i mean i will but you know i mean that was just such a very in-depth <laughs> Like, I mean, my, my answer is, like, I've, I've had it once, and I was like, eh, you know, it, it's not bad. Like, I'm like I'm not, I'm not going to seek it out ever, I don't think, unless, you know, I'm just randomly like, you know what, like, pineapple, let's go for it. Like, what's, you know, but, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's not my favorite topping or whatever. Like, but, I mean, it, like, it, it, it can belong on pizza. And I think pineapple right. Very eloquently, like I mean, that's that's probably the best answer there will ever be for sure. I asked him, and I and I could like I saw him reach down. And he's like, "What's my fucking like ten point segment?" Fuck. Okay, we're yeah. good. Yeah, he <laughs> he he came prepared. That's fantastic. I love that. All right, well, that's gonna be a wrap for this one. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at underscore PJ's Cast underscore. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, now Apple Podcasts. We've made it there. We are underlords of Woo! Steve Jobs. Yeah, of Steve Jobs's corporation. We have to, you know, we have to mention it every time. I actually have to buy an iPhone. The iPhone's great, guys. Fuck Samsung. Uh, so yeah, um, we will uh, see you next time.